Hey, welcome back to Point Blank. This is John Carcosa sitting to my left. Mike Zapsik. Ming Chun. Our guest in studio today. John McCarthy. The oh. postmodern patriot. Perfect. And coming to us from the number one city in the United States, Irvine, California, the one and only... Mo Youssef. That's it. Well, welcome, buddy. Rumors persist that Todd Sullivan will be joining us in progress at some point. Uh, he may actually be on a plane right now. It's insane. On his way here. Uh, it's crazy. But before we begin... There's a landing strip right around here? That's awesome. Well, there's Why a Brazilian wax right that? down the... Right That's down the, yeah. true. Um, wow. Listen, that was a good one. Before we get started, Mo, I don't know how you do it. It's it's episode in, episode out. Uh, even on episodes when you're not here, you send them via email. I'm not sure. Last time we met, we were all riding high on the Yankees. They had they had just utterly dismantled the Minnesota Twins, and uh, and we were talking about a number of different predictions for the ALCS. You said Houston in six. I did not want to believe you, but bro, you nailed it. Was there any special insight that you want to share with us? Man, it's all starting pitching. All you have to do is uh, look at Nicola Gakis's posts. <laughs> Uh, they're not very positive, but they're uh, they're they're spot on. And uh, you know the Yankees were able to beat Verlander, but other than that, they just got they they just got owned. Yeah. Well, Garrett Cole and at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, go on, please. No, I was going to say Garrett Cole in particular, uh, who hasn't yeah. lost. And a- Osuna, Osuna had a great series. Cole hasn't lost a game since May. I mean, that's yep. that's tough. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did you, did you, did you? Are we forgetting last night? No, I didn't, no okay. Oh, oh, all right, I guess we're getting World Series updates. All right, sorry, not even in person. Skipping ahead to point two, things we're not going to talk about the World Series, but that's all right. Uh, so, so un, up until and including the Yankee series and your prediction, Garrett Cole had not lost since May. Okay, just being there, accurate here as a. Uh, Overbearing sports fan. No, no, no. Listen, it's, it's, it's appreciated. Um, but Mo, you know, correction. So you were, you were about to say up until the end. Was it you're talking about Osuna? Yeah, Osuna uh, had a great series again. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy uh, with the uh, GM. Yep. Who uh, he said thank uh, thank God for effing uh, Osuna. Right. And he had sent it, yeah. it, of course, to a grouping of three uh, uh, female yeah. reporters who, who right. uh, were, you know, were doing something against domestic violence. And, of course, uh, he had been suspended 90 games for violating the domestic violence policy. So exactly. I think, I think yeah. that GM got himself in a little bit of hot water. Uh, but there's also enthusiasm, um, you know, locker room talk, as they yeah. say. Uh, well, actually, hey, listen, physically Houston, was in a Houston's locker room. still a great city to go down and party. And uh, the series is not is not over yet. It's uh, just started. And uh I think it's going to go down to seven games. You, you, this is now we're getting another prediction. Within your prediction, we're saying the World Series is going to go seven games. Yeah. I just have to throw this out. Uh, Mo, you're a witch. Yeah, That's all that? there is to it. You're, you're, you're a warlock. It's true. You're, you're out there. You're infallible. So you're, you're creeping me out, buddy. John, do you catch any of the, of the baseball? I don't get into this the professional sports a whole lot. I used to be a nut for football and I stopped and I actually brought that up to these guys when the last time I recorded here with them, but so I don't, but I have been listening to your episodes and what has Mo like made an accurate prediction like the past like seven episodes or something like that. I think I think the past 31. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. (laughs) It's a, it's a tough streak to beat. That's for sure. did, Did Mo, did you play for Notre Dame? Well, uh, why don't you talk better. about that a little actually, bit? Actually, went to a fantasy camp. 
And, uh, so technically, yes, he times. did. Well, he has the uniform, he has the helmet, he has the ring. He played on the field multiple times, tore your ACL or something. I don't know what happened when this. You're... This is oh, what I, I tore, saw. I tore my pec muscle. Oh, that's uh, what it was. Yes, it was yeah, too, too yeah. big. Uh, I, was, I basically tore my pec muscle bench pressing and really trying to get into shape, and uh, only to realize that the average age is uh, of, of their attendees is fifty-two years old, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know and that's uh, that's on the low end, and so. There are, there are quite a few in their 60s and 70s just there to uh, – So you didn't exactly you know. need to get back into 1992 no. Staten Island Defensive Player of the Year shape uh, right. to, to, to stay on the field with these guys. But then you got back in shape for next year. You got on the field. You had a great time, right? I did. I did. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a photo of you running the football. Uh, that's quite possible, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, played running back the last two years. Yeah. You've done, done, uh, th- done it three times, right? Two of which uh, you suited up, and that first injury-riddled year, you uh, you redshirted. Okay, all right. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Not uh, just a witch, but an overachiever. So have, uh, uh, and that's Mo. Yeah. That's why he was the president of our college. Did of you know course. that? Okay. President of the college or president of the frat? Uh, well, no, no. I should say the student body president. Oh, okay. Student, student government president. Well, I, I would have been more impressed what if he co- was the, the president. Um, what college? Mo and I went to St. John's University. Oh, great, great. Yeah, that's a great um, school. At a time when they were still good at basketball. Yeah. That's no longer the case. Okay, so let's, let's we were get... Actually, we were actually the last class to be called the Redmen. That's true. And they, yep. they be they... they... They became the red Gave storm. Gave maybe it was uh, political year. correctness, or or maybe it was sensitivity uh, to a cause that maybe not people were thinking of at that time, other than St. John's. But no longer the red men; they are the red storm. Let's get to breaking news number one. Dropped two days ago, almost right at this exact time, a little bit later during Monday Night Football, the trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. I've seen a lot of reaction all over social media on this. Uh, so far, the majority seem to be in the camp that J.J. Abrams is riding the ship. Um, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of nods and throwbacks to some things. I mean, you, you, you saw just some amazing stuff. If you guys have seen it, give me some takeaways or some impression you got from it. Boring. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I found it to be very, very boring. It was... I mean, everything a trailer shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of action. Right. There was, uh, I mean, we were teased with Palpatine. You saw his throne yep. and you heard his voice, but you didn't see him. Yeah. So that, and you saw the team up of, you know, uh, Glinda the Good Witch and, uh, you know, the Wicked Witch of whatever Adam Driver is. Yeah, they they were smashing something. Uh, I'm not embarrassed to say I actually watched that scene in slow motion about 72 times. I'm now convinced they actually weren't teamed up. I I feel like she deflected his blow into destroying something, which may well have been Darth Vader's helmet, which, of course, he venerated. No! Uh, and, and also, she's a dual wielder in that scene. Uh, uh, she has the lightsaber, but in her off hand, her left hand, she's she's holding some sort of dagger. It's not illuminated, so I don't know what good it is in that world. But just to your boring point, I also found the color palette overall of the trailer to be very muted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, you know, if you think back to the trailers for... Um, Last Jedi, Last, Force Awakens. Last Jedi. You know, you've got the 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 red dust on the white sand. You mm-hmm. know, you, you you've got these uh, these all these different brightly colored di- brightly colored different worlds. I didn't see that here. Overall, it was muted. There was a few jungle slash forest shots. I don't know if that's supposed to be Endor where the Death Star crashed. I don't know. We're going to find all that out. But uh, but but I totally get what you're saying. 
They definitely, I feel, obviously intentionally, J.J. Abrams knows what he's doing, said we're going to show a lot less here to get people's appetite amped. Hopefully there's something there for us when we go to the, to the theater. I'm hoping for uh, under-promising and over-performance. Right, right. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and I've never been a big guy who's like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing based on the trailer. Because trailers are just there to get you hyped. That's all right. there. That's they're, the that's they're exact they're purpose. Teasers. That that palette point is like a good point because what is what do you desire? You know, if you like look at the Star Wars from history, neon. It was a new thing that blew people away, mm-hmm. and, and it was like, look at these color palettes, look at all this kind of crazy stuff, and then for them to show something bland that isn't mm-hmm. exciting like that, that's kind of a kick in the nuts. But a lot people of don't think about that. Ming, did you get a chance to look at it? I did. Uh, first of all, I'll I'm literally drinking Star Wars Kool-Aid right now. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. So Ming's I, drinking the Star Wars I, Kool-Aid. I love that you said it was boring. What more do you want? There are lightsaber battles on the, the wreckage of the Death Star. There's a, we, you see I didn't Princess know Leia. that. There, uh, like there's a, it looks like a million TIE fighters or whatever. Like, no. What? There's we, no... Because we've pleasing seen, Mike Zapsik anymore. We've seen that before. That's the it whole thing. Boring. Okay. What, what do right. you want? How, to, uh, how, how about this? I'm getting goosebumps thinking about the next point that I'm going to be making. You, you talked about the, that, that shot of the TIE fighters. Yeah. How, which was amazing. It's like a million of them. But how about the shot of the Falcon settling into the lead of the now fully reformed Resistance yes. Armada? Wow. That looks sick. The Rebel Alliance is John, back. Here's wow. one for you. Oh, Ming, thank by you the way, we gave, we gave you something a little bit stronger than, uh, than Star the Wars. Star Wars Kool Aid. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 yeah, quit drinking the Star Wars Kool Aid. I'm allowed to be. Are you kidding? I've been I, there since day one. I was, I was in the theaters I, in '77. No, as, you were not. I, yes, I was. '77. My, my dad took me. I was born in '74. Yeah, you took, took you like theater. Yoda. You were on his back, and yeah, <laughs> he carried me in his arms. But okay, yes. But I didn't. By the way, I think bo- I, bo- what's not boring to you then? Give me a trailer that's not boring. So, uh, so, so, Pakula, by the way, makes an observation here. He says it looks like a super. Uh, superstar destroyer rising up out of the ice uh, in that one scene. So, you know, again, looked at it. Those are definitely, without a doubt, 100% Imperial Star Destroyers, mm-hmm. not First Order Star right, Destroyers. Right, right. So they're so, old. They're vintage. So maybe, I don't know if they're being, I like, love. Did you literally go, like, er, 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 like, of course fra- he did. Frame uh, by frame. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Mo, uh, we're still waiting for you to get through your first complete Star Wars movie. Uh, so <laughs> so he you, has no opinion. Did you happen to catch this trailer during the Monday Night Football debacle that happened? <laughs> Uh, I don't have a qualified opinion on this. I've missed the last four uh, Star Wars, and I've missed this last trailer. Although, technically, I did see it, but I, I forgot most of it. So I, I think I have to go into Mike Zapsik's camp and say, you know, if I've forgotten most of it, it really didn't do much for me. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll watch it again. But, uh, Last four. <laughs> John. What are we drinking? We'll talk a little bit about this. Our first drink. This is from Grim Artisanal Ales in Brooklyn. Uh, this past week on Thursday, uh, we did a we did a little Ross Brewing slash L'Oreal Brooklyn Brewery tour. I had a bus come and pick us up on the west side of Manhattan. We went and visited six breweries in Brooklyn. This was one of our stops. Grim Ales. This particular beer is called Patter. 
And uh, it's called a Saison du Coupage Ale. So a Saison is a farmhouse ale. Yeah. And this particular one is is then fermented with blackberries and grapefruit zest. Uh, comes in at a very drinkable 6%. So it's, it is the lightest of the three beers we'll be bringing tonight and also the fruitiest. It is beautiful. So, this is a beautiful beer right here. So I can't, like, n- nerd out on Star Wars. What, what, oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. And I'm drinking a peach apple. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, What's the joke, the little joke under the cab? Uh, um, there is no because I got the the biggin. Oh, okay. oh, no Snapple fact. Yeah. Sorry about that. But I almost got voodoo tenders from Popeyes. Oh, so. what what are voodoo tenders? I don't know. They they look awesome though. So so, so b- before you get to that, oh yeah, say, yeah. Well, we've got you know a lot of viewers coming in. We see Stu. What's up? We see Chris Lodondo, Nick Franco, all our regulars. Uh, uh, Jesse Luis. What's up? Here's the thing. Matt Noel is saying it is possibly the super star destroyer of the Avenger. Now, I do remember, of course, Darth Vader's was the uh, the the executor, right. uh, spelled the same way as executor, but pronounced differently. Uh, uh, so now, whose super star destroyer is the Avenger? Is is was there a second one? Tony Stark's. I would have okay. to assume right, it there. would have to be Tony Stark. <laughs> there we go. Uh, right, right, the right. Avenger was, was that Admiral Ozil's one. Uh, you uh, failed me for the last time. I well, guess, I mean, I guess that means not his anymore. Uh, no, I think that that was. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I think the Avenger <laughs> was um, Palpatine's oh, um, command ship. Command okay, ship, okay yeah. you might be right, and that I'm would make sense sure. given everything else we've seen in the trailer. Okay, by the way, uh, former Point Blank guest Jeff Welker has tuned in. What's up, Jeff? But John, you were saying you're not going to geek out about Star Wars, but something. Oh, I was going to go into the beer thing for a minute, but I, yeah. I mean, we're having a good conversation, so I don't want to interrupt. But this, this is like, first of all, I just had my first sip. It's delicious. This and, is like very. And it's not just your first sip of yeah. this beer. It's your first sip in how long? 30 days. Okay. Yeah, 30 days. All of, I've, I've done a complete sober October type thing. We started a week early because I'm actually leaving for California tomorrow. So you want to make sure you'd be able yeah, to drink there. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure I'd have a couple beers. So th- this is absolutely delicious. And I'm not a Saison guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get down with that. But this is really good, very drinkable. And one of my best friends runs the CT Brewers Guild, Connecticut Brewers okay. Guild. Okay. He actually got like the biggest legislation passed since the prohibition for Connecticut. For, awesome. We need him in New Jersey for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, he's working with people who are trying to build okay. a Brewers Guild in New Jersey. But he um, he took me out and we did a saison t- uh, tasting, and, it, and none of them compared to this one. This is like really good. So so, so the guys at Grim, well, guys, it's a guy and girl. It, it, it's Joe and Lauren Grimm. It's a husband and wife team. Yeah. They actually started out as a gypsy brewer for a number of years, brewing all over Brooklyn and brewing oh. all over New York with no brewery of their own, mm. saving their money, finding the perfect spot. Uh, the spot they have now is flat out beautiful. Uh, you go in, you don't realize you're, you're in part of New York City. This could be in any uh, any, any bucolic locale anywhere. Uh, they are frequently to- topping top 10 lists of breweries in New York that you have to visit. And it's not just because of their beer. But speaking of their beer, we've had it on the show before. They they are what we like to call a sour shop. They do amazing, amazing uh. sours. This one isn't soured, but it's still playing with some of the same um, strategies. Okay, right. so they're using maybe a Belgian, a wild farmhouse yeast, um, and certainly injecting it with some fruit as well. So... I've never had anything from them. I swear to God. I mean, some breweries, nine out of ten beers are amazing. I've never had anything from them that hasn't knocked it out of the park. And uh, and this seems to be another one. So correct me if I'm wrong. When you're brewing the saisons the Belgian way, Belgian style, you're supposed to do it in an open vat, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to like let the fruit sit on top. And that used to be that in like the forest there in Belgium, the yeast would come in off the trees and land in the vats. Is that correct? It, it, it's very very correct. Farmhouse ale, okay, um, is is 
you know, before we had the modern science and we can cultivate our own yeast strains right. and, and figure out exactly, you know, what level of precision that we're looking for there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason they got their name is because whatever magic yeast was uh, was in the air or perhaps even the um, – you know, in the uh, in the timbers yeah. of uh, uh, of the roof of the farmhouse. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's what's penetrating, and that's what's coming in. Uh, you know. And even that's at a time when they understood something about yeast. They just didn't know how to propagate it the way oh. we do today. You know, if you go back even further, uh, go back to say, um, well, I'm going to use an arbitrary number for a second, but say the year 1040, right? Okay. 10, 1040. Um, they, they didn't have any knowledge of the microorganisms. And so what they had was what they called the stick of the gods. It's, it's, it's our mash paddle today. You know, you would use it and there would be residual yeast left over on it. So the oh. next time you use it, there's some transfer into the wort, which is the unfermented beer. And then, uh, and then that's going to become beer. So they thought that was the stick of the gods. Now, why did I use 1040? Because the oldest continuously producing brewery today, Weinstefaner Brewery in Bavaria, Germany, oh. started in 1040. Mm. If I can hang on for 20 more years, I don't know if I can, but if I can, I want to be at that world's first 1,000th anniversary party. Oh, wow. And I know it's going to be a kick-ass party. Yeah. Maybe we'll be podcasting live from there. Um, yeah, I've been to the uh, Hofbrau House in uh, Munich, which is... Is a pretty oh good yeah, and that's also where Hitler launched the beer, beer hall pooch. But that's a whole <laughs> okay. other story. But it's a great, great beer. And them and Augustiner Hells well, are the two beers in Munich that are absolutely delicious. I would say, were you there during Oktoberfest? I was not, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, but it's it still a, awesome, no matter oh, when. You amazing. Go. amazing. Is, uh, is that as good as the Hofbrau House in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? I mean, that was it pretty might, awesome. It might be like, like one step above, yeah, but it might be a little bit probably right. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And then possible. there's that one in Atlantic Highlands. There was right? one in Atlantic Highlands, uh, yes. Um, reception hall for one Walt Flanagan, correct? I believe so. Yeah, well, yeah that's where he had his reception. Uh, and Matt, yes, you're right. Uh, Grim does amazing stouts as well. I think we had one on here three episodes ago. Mo, I'm going to talk to you about our next bit of breaking news. And speaking of the Emperor. Palpatine himself. Ooh. Bill Belichick is going to be going for his <laughs> 300 career win this week. John does not, not a big sports fan. When he did follow sports, he followed a little football. B- Bill Belichick will become only the third coach ever after George Hallis and uh, and um, Don Shula, Don Shula uh, of the oh, Dolphins wow. to, to get to that 300 win mark. All he has to do this week is go through the first team that ever hired him to be coach, Mo's, Mo's second team, the Cleveland Browns. And um, after the shellacking he gave the Jets this past week that caused me to burn all my remaining Jet jerseys, um, you know, we talked about former point blank guest Rob Brandt going through that baptism by beer a few weeks ago down in the Philly parking yeah. lot where uh, where they had him uh, take off the uh, the Jet jersey and convert to Eagles. Uh, I, well, good riddance to that. I, I, I'm saying, man, maybe this guy was onto something. But in any event, yeah. talk about Belichick, Mo. Uh, you know, he's going to get his 300th win for sure. This guy's a machine, a true machine. He's almost like a Terminator, but go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, we all, at least I knew him when he was a defensive coordinator for the Giants. And so he helped them to two uh, Super Bowl victories, uh, then went on to uh, coach the Browns. He actually had a winning record. I think the last Cleveland Browns coach to actually have a winning record. And um, from there, he was supposed to go to, back to the. He was supposed to go to the Jets, and all of this, all of all, all of this uh, uh, success was supposed to be in the Meadowlands. And thanks and for reminding me. Yeah. Right, right. Thanks to Parcells, who basically gave him the uh, the head coaching job for the. Uh, 
And do you remember how for, long he for, was for you, the Patriots? Do you remember was how? That, oh, for a day, I think it he was. was he day. was the Jets coach for a full day before he sent his resignation in by fax. So uh, now here's 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 the real real thing that a lot of people are talking about, right? They're talking about well, does Belichick owe all of his success to Tom Brady, or does Tom Brady owe all of his success to Bel- Belichick? They've always been together. But so they, everybody was thinking that Tom would retire, and that Belichick would have a couple of years. Or does it look like Belichick is going to retire, and then we'll see how Brady is post uh, Belichick? Uh, so, so I think right now that's the only thing that's left in his legacy to finish up the story to show that he could be this dominant without having Tom Brady at quarterback. Here. Or, or if he uh, if he leaves before Tom leaves, then it, the the two will always be intertwined. Yeah, and I don't think, and, he, and everybody will forget about the Cleveland Browns. I don't think he will because there's been a couple of times where Brady. He's been injured for an extended period. And you throw guys in there like, I don't know, Matt Castle or whomever, and and this right. guy finds a way to still make it work and go like twelve and zero while Brady's hurt. So yeah, um, I mean it's it's a system. I mean how many how many running backs have gone through that system? How I, many how many wide receivers? I mean it's just plug and play, you know? If it wasn't for your and, New uh, York Giants, he'd have eight super. Well listen, Bowls. listen, I've got a I've got a beef. I've got a beef with him also because I was going into this week up by twenty points. And uh, and the person I was playing had the New England defense and their kicker. Mm. And you'd think that the Jets would be able to score. No, they didn't. And uh, no, I just, didn't think they'd be able to score. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm going to get to the next bit of breaking news. Okay, I don't know if you, any of you saw it. If you didn't, this will be a very short segment. But HBO premiered a new series this past Sunday night to take the time slot of succession. And uh, it was called Watchmen. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. I'd read a little bit of hype. I actually was intentionally trying to stay away from any sort of media about this. I go into it with open eyes and open mind. Um, absolutely riveting. Uh, I watched it live with the lovely Suzanne. I, I've watched it on the train two more times since then on my HBO Go app on my Samsung Note 8. And, um, <laughs> and uh, very, very nice resolution. And here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I, we, we, we saw a frequent point blank guest, Chris Ladondo, uh, make a make a thing. Bah, that wasn't my Watchmen. Okay, so uh, that's certainly true. But nor did I think it, it, it hold out that it was going to be. To distance themselves from Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' seminal work, they're setting it 30 years past then, which would bring it to today. Yeah, mm-hmm. the present. Yep, exactly. 2019, and thematically. Just in that first episode, I saw many, many, many things that reminded me of the uh, of the the actual book, um, and they're saying this is a direct sequel to the book, not so much the movie. The movie, largely because the 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 climax incident in New York City, they changed in the movie. Zack Snyder changed that to be what it was. It was no longer a giant alien telepathic squid uh, arriving in New York and through his dying, um, uh, uh, you know. Essence, you know, exploding out and killing millions of people. The movie they made at Dr. Manhattan like energy. So, in any event, in any event, what I would say to, to those, and I said this to Chris, is if you were looking for more original Watchmen characters, and there are many in this episode that you may not realize who they are, more are coming. 
And so just be patient. So did anyone here see the series? Not yet. Not yet. Yes. Not, Not yet. yet. Ming, your thoughts, please. Yes. Uh, uh, Damon Lindelof. Uh, I, he hits more than he misses. For yeah. Sure. Uh, Love the stuff on Lost for the most part. Uh, Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, great series. And uh, yeah, I, um, it bears rewatching though. You have to rewatch it just to catch all the nuances. And uh, possibly to figure out what's going on. I, I love that uh, they brought up the Tulsa 1921 race riots, which nobody knows about. Yeah. And you kind of using that as a center point. But this is a pilot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a pilot. It looks, and uh, and uh, uh, Don Johnson is brilliant. I'm not going to ruin anything or say anything other than that. Um, but uh, yeah, I got, I'm about to say something. Don't yeah, worry. I got, okay. I got, I got, I have high hopes for this. And yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to see callbacks. Yep. To the original characters. I don't think you're going to, well, with the exception of maybe one or, or a couple, but, uh, yeah. you know, you see glimpses yep. of them. But I think they're going to focus on the new. They're, they're going to focus on the new. There will be appearances from some of the second generation of heroes. And I can tell you there already was in that episode. I am predicting here, I'm going to put on Mo's hat for a second, an appearance by a live appearance, not a flashback sure. appearance, a live appearance by one of the first generation sure. of their heroes. Absolutely. So, um, so if you haven't seen it, we're entering spoiler territory right now, and this would be a time to hit pause on the podcast or actually let it go run and, and, and go do a quick bathroom break. Um, so, so obviously they're paralleling the, the – the, oh, but Mike hasn't seen it yet. Okay, so I'm not going to nah, – oh, All right. Yeah. No, I'm going to dial it back. I'm going right. to dial it back from Mike. You, know, you know what I'll say, though, about ahead, it because I watch the session all the time. I love okay. the session. Do you, yeah. do you watch that? That show on television. Okay. I think I think so as well. Yes. Great. The season ending, wild. Okay. But I've been seeing the trailers for this. Mm. Now, I've seen you know I've, I've seen the people, the fandom that exists behind the movie, and I've, I've seen the arguments because I'm a big book guy. So, yep. like, when you throw a book at me or you say – book is better than movie i'm always going to side with that yep yep and that's just pure you have the ability to get more into a book than you do in a movie right for the most part Mm -hmm. i mean that can quickly change but i've been watching the trailers for this i'm get i've never hopped on the watchman train i'm gonna hop on this train it looks really awesome regina king is actually really really good in it too and let me tell you something mo so you did watch it mo good I, I, i watched 26 minutes of it <laughs> right now, you are an episode. enigma inside of a puzzle, puzzle wrapped, wrapped in a, a riddle. Yeah, I mean, you are, you are just amazing. First of all, Regina King's power strut in this is everything. I wish I could walk like her. All right, she yeah. absolutely owns it. Uh, uh, let's just say she's a retired police person who uh, currently operates a big uh, bakery. And also has some nocturnal activities, uh, oh. which is which is not giving too much away. That was in the trailer, so we won't we won't say much other than and we'll talk about this a little more next week once you guys get caught up. Uh, but John, definitely get on board. And and my heartfelt recommendation to you, okay, is get that ass over to the stash, and and <laughs> and you gotta get a copy of this book. So now this okay. is not yeah. a kick- Watchmen is amazing. Oh, it's right okay. up your it's right up your alley. It we'll is. put it that way. And, it, it is. Oh yeah. It, it absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna touch on some of John's views in a minute here but what I, what I would say is it's not a case only of the book being you know maybe better than a movie adaptation yeah this is a case where it is perhaps perhaps and certainly regarded by many as the number one most definitive uh, example of the graphic novel literature ever yeah. ever created uh, it I've is heard this it is multi-layered okay multi-faceted you could read the entire thing cover to cover uh, as I have, and I'm sure many of us have multiple times. And each and every time, I probably read it 30 times. Okay? No way. And, no, no, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Really? And mm-hmm. I 
still find new things each mm-hmm. and every time. Now, there's, you know, this is 2019. We live in a cheat cold world. You can go out and probably Google Spark notes some, um, yeah. uh, you know, like annotations or something online, yeah. and and that can maybe help you find some stuff. But my advice would be at least the first time, read it for yourself. Okay. And there's a, I will. There's multiple narratives going on at the same time. So there's a story. There's a story within a story. Yeah. There's a story adjacent to the story. Read um, it all. Uh, okay. And, and, and things that might not even seem, uh, um, um, you know, Germain. important or germane they're going to come back around in a big 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 way and it's just going to inform your viewing of the series that much more keeping in mind as everyone said you're not seeing exactly the same characters yeah you're 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 seeing characters inspired by but in some cases i'm predicting you're going to see more characters all right so mo i'm proud that you watched 26 minutes of it do you plan on watching the remaining 34 minutes (laughs) uh absolutely i think uh later tonight I'll uh, I'll catch the rest. Maybe maybe watch it uh, a second time because honestly, the first twenty six minutes, especially uh, what what Ming mentioned about Toledo, yeah, just or Tulsa, just, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tulsa. <laughs> How about Toledo? There's no race riots in Toledo. There's just riots of Cle- of, of of Ohio Tecumseh. of Ohio trying to give it back to Canada. That's the riots right. up there. But but those, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, but so, yeah, it was, yeah. it was very. That was it was just the, the entire the entire scene was very powerful. It, it is, and, uh, and you know. And yeah. it, it, it's very rare that a work of fiction, of clear fiction, speculative science fiction, can also wind up educating. Uh, what I found on Monday was that when the number one Google search was 1921 Tulsa race riots, yeah. were they real or not? Yeah. Absolutely real. <laughs> and they remain, uh, to my knowledge, and, and I'll defer to John on this one, the first case of an American city being bombed from the air by airplanes. That happened. Now, of course, it was Americans also doing the bombing. Wow, that's, that's what makes wild. it all the more sadder. That's so, nuts. It, 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 I think so. Uh, and I say the first time, it was 1921. I mean, I don't know how long airplanes were around. Uh, and I don't think many Americans... Less who, than 21 years. There, there, yes. you, there you go. There all right. you go. So hey. Watchmen, guys, go see it. Here's the last bit of breaking news before we get to point two. Last bit of breaking news. Guys, Vin Diesel is bloodshot. Okay? I don't know if you guys saw it. The trailer dropped earlier. Uh, the Valiant Comics character Bloodshot. We've been talking about Vin Diesel playing a superhero for a long time. It was here on these airwaves when 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 Ming was going on and on about the Fast and Furious franchise where, <laughs> where Todd was sitting to my right and said, you know what? Effectively, his character Dom Toretto was like a superhero. You know, he could do anything. But but here he is playing an actual, honest-to-goodness superhero. Um, uh, it looks like they're going with the, uh, the, the Ray Garrison version of it from Valiant Comics where uh, he's, he's, he's a, you know, a military man. Uh, he's in the service. He dies in service to his country. Uh, some shady scientific organization gets their hands on him. They bring him back. They they replace his blood with millions of nanites that enable him to do many, many amazing things. Can heal from any injury almost instantaneously. Uh, uh, um... You know, gives him enhanced strength, speed, reflexes. Uh, he can interface and, and control uh, uh, computers and technology. And uh, what I thought was interesting about the trailer, it featured Guy Pierce in a role as some sort of, uh, you know, evil scientist or something. Uh, but but the, the conceit of the trailer and certainly the conceit of the movie is that they keep rebooting him. So they're saying, hey, listen. What's the last thing you can remember? And then he remembers his wife being killed by somebody. And so then he wants to go out and kill that person. And then they reboot him. And, and they're like, oh, you were killed in combat. We brought you back. What's the last thing you remember? He remembers his wife being killed, but the assassin is someone different now. And so what they're doing is they're using that memory feature to have him go out and kill people. 
and it's a it's a pretty interesting conceit. Which I thought it was funny to have Guy Pierce doing it because he was in Memento where he couldn't remember what was going on and he knew he had to kill somebody and all this sort of stuff. So has anyone seen that trailer yet? No. That's a no. I have not either. A no. That's a no. Mo. I'm going to say no mo. Probably I, wasn't in the 26 minutes of Watchmen. Yeah. Sorry. But you know what I can't say? I just learned about it now. So no. Vin Diesel has come so far from his breakdancing days. Did you know that he used to do that? I don't think That's I do That's how that. he started out. Oh. He was just a breakdancer who put out videos on breakdancing. And that man has come so in far. In a pre-YouTube era. Yeah, in a, wow. exactly. Like I'm pretty sure these were the type of like things that, oh, you see Vin Diesel just released his new breakdancing VHS? Like I've got to go pick that up. Right? I don't think anyone was ever saying that. Right, exactly. Doubt it. And exactly. uh, we're for Forgetting that Vin Diesel was actually Groot, right? Or, or hey, we're, listen, we're skimming. Oh, that's he, he right. is the voice of Groot yes. and Baby Groot and Teenage Groot. That's all all true. But he here totally he owned it, man. He and he's done a great job in it, of course. If we're talking about voice performances, we've got to talk about the Iron Giant. Iron Giant, of course. Iron Giant. He well. was Superman. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> but here he is on screen in the flesh, so to speak. Not an enhanced flesh, but as an honest-to-goodness superhero. And uh, and I, I, for one, am certainly excited to see it. Still have not watched one minute of the Fast and Furious saga. Never will. I'm, I'm talking about me, not you. <laughs> I, I know you've got you've got uh, we, we, summer plans next year. We, we've got that, but but we are going to do the Bruce uh, the Bruce Lee uh, Film Festival. Yes, first. we will absolutely, guys. So we, we all like the Grim Ale. I love it. I got to tell you, it. I'm Go ahead, I'm smelling sour, and I'm like, it's it's amazing. It's uh, you can. You said that there is no that's, that's sour. That's John's feet, by the way. So that's it's not the right. beer. It's his that's feet. okay. Boom, boom, but boom. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ming Chen trying to bust your balls. That's, and a, that's all right. I'm, no, I'm trying and failing. Oh, there we go. That's, okay. uh, that was a failure. Um, that's what that was. But I mean, that, so, it's, yeah. it's got a very heady scent, and you can tell uh, in the back of my throat, I can taste the blackberry. Oh my gosh, it's wow. amazing! Wow, very, you have very, an very, amazing power. Very, very like the, I have a pretty good. It's like the cartoons with the little like waves. Of like of smell, absolutely. Yeah, the stink waves. Yeah, the stink waves. Peter Porker, Spider Ham, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the airwaves. My my blackberry sense is tingling. (laughs) It's like little blackberry devils dancing. What we're gonna do next is we're gonna move over to something a little bit darker, guys. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, thank you very much. Darker. And this is from our friends down in Williamsburg, Virginia, the Virginia Beer Company. Okay, Uh, this is Waypost, and Waypost is their double oaked bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with vanilla beans. Now this one. One's not coming in at a very small six percent. This one's coming in at ten and a half percent. So we're still guys. Shout out st- to Virginia beer. And we're still climbing it's the ladder. A party. Yeah, uh, our third beer is going to be from other half. It's going to take it up even more. I'm yeah, getting the, the I'm getting the Uber app up for you boys. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> You're good. All the stouts are usually getting like darker. Oh I think God. of DC Comics. Oh, uh, DC Comic movies. Yeah, so you go. Yeah, towing the line at two ninety nine, Mo. <laughs> They can they can get because they can shadow the uh, the alcohol with more flavor. They put a lot of the alcohol into these stouts, right? Isn't that how it works? Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, certainly you're looking to get more of the beer's flavor, right? Than any of that boozy alcohol right. type flavor. And it's certainly it's a mark of a good brewer that you can do that, right? Uh, there are high alcohol beers where unfortunately maybe you're tasting more of the alcohol. Yeah, uh, haven't had this one yet, so I can't comment. If you pass someone down the Absolutely. main, if you don't mind, but I have high hopes because we have had other great beers from the Virginia Beer Company here on Point Blank, and they've all been very, very tasty. Uh, we had some of oh. their Cellar Circus series 
series, <laughs> uh, which were aged uh, farmhouse, aged saisons, in fact. Oh, really? But, but this is going a different direction. This is a bourbon barrel aged stout with vanilla beans. And uh, let's just get a little of the nose here. Yeah, Mike, what's hitting the back of your throat? This uh, time? It's, I'm, you I'm get getting like, or? I already got one. Oh, you I'm, I'm, you're quick, man. Uh, so I'm getting like a soy. Uh, it's, I swear to God. No, that's it's, always how some stouts yeah, have a soy it's a taste. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow, you do have an advanced palate. Are you a sommelier? Uh, no, no. I, I, I'm an alcoholic. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, that should help. <laughs> but I can I can actually smell the um, the soy the the fermented whatever. I and there's. Oh, did delicious. you say this was roasted? Uh, well, so it's not roasted per se, but it, it is a roast. So they're going to use a roasted malt. And mm-hmm. roasts could be one of the uh, profiles mm-hmm. that you're looking to get off of a stout. Not always, uh, but you can. You can get roast. You can get chocolate. You can get coffee. There's some, some different ones here. That's what I felt from this one. All right. Well, and actually now it's in the back of my throat oh, and the front you. of my tongue. Uh, before we continue, just want to give a little shout out to some people here. Uh, not Chris Ladondo. No, not Ladondo, but <laughs> Nick 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 Franco, who did watch the Watchmen premiere. Nick, you uh, the man. Says, um, says, you know what? And this is not that big of a spoiler, but he says, you know what? We did see the owl ship, so that was pretty yeah, cool. Sure, absolutely. We, we saw, and, and what I can't determine is, was that nine owls actual ship, or has the government made many of them? You know, it looked pretty know. beat up to me. Yeah, so that, that's a, that's a good argument. What's called Archie? Is that the name? That's right, Archie. After Archimedes. Okay, so we've got. Um, We've got Matt Noel saying, yes, Watchmen is the greatest graphic novel ever created. Nick saying it's actually in the top 100 novels of anything, graphic or written of all time. We've got, we've got Nick coming hard at Mo saying we've got the Max Klinger Toledo riots. Okay. And uh, and uh, let's see who else. We've got, we've, got, uh, we've got Laura Hutchins in, Britt Hansen in, Augie Carton in, and uh, Mike Zapsick is finally now watching as well. So welcome to all of wow. our viewers. Uh, welcome welcome so to Point Blank Podcast, Mike Zapsick. Holy crap, I got a shout out from Point Blank Podcast. <laughs> I My dream's true. My, it's come true. I I'm done. Bye. True. Out. <laughs> we're, we're, we're 40 minutes in. We're up to point two. Uh, so, <laughs> wow, I, we're ahead of the game. I, we're, we're, just, we're really just waiting for Todd to I get I told here. Todd, don't worry. You're not going to be too far. All right, so it's, normally at this point, I would say point two things we're not going to be talking about. Oh, is that Todd right there? Nope. No, okay, no. Mo, was that for you? And I was, was that HBO canceling your subscription service because you only watch 26 <laughs> minutes of anything? <laughs> what I was going to say right. as things we will not be talking about is that for the first time since the 1910s, the Yankees did not make it to a World Series this decade. They've been in World Series in the 20s, oh, wow. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, last one being 2009. Yes. But they did not make it to the World Series this decade, wow. ending that longest championship decade streak in sports. So we're not going to talk about that. Point three. <laughs> That's quite a stat, though. Oh, come on. It, yeah. it, it just it, it's a testament to their long-term ownership. Um, you know, we talk about George Steinbrenner. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? You know, you go, you go, you go back to some of the early Yankee owners, um, uh, Jacob Rupp. So, uh, what they did is that they took the at the time. The franchise was called the Baltimore Orioles. They brought them up here to New York. They were the New York Highlanders. And then in 1913 or so, they became the Yankees. 1921, they made a trade for a little guy called Babe Ruth. They made the World Series that year. Bam. Didn't win. 
But they won their first win in 1923. Haven't looked back since. Um, that said, they've been looking uh, from behind uh, to either Houston or Washington uh, because they will not be having a championship parade this year. The Nats. Listen, at this point, we're going to turn it over to our guest. And when I turn it over to him, what I mean is we're going to grill him uh, very thoroughly. Oh, boy. Uh, we've got John McCarthy here from the Postmodern Patriot blog and podcast. Uh, I don't know. Did you start start them simultaneously? Did you do the blog first, turn it into a podcast, or is the blog maybe something? Supplemental material for the podcast. Uh, I, I also have been doing my research, uh, uh, listening to a few episodes, reading many of the blogs, um, and very impressed. We'll just start right there. Thank you. So thank you. So take us a little bit through your background. Okay. What brought you here today? And and one thing you know, I kind of tease is I also would like to hear maybe some of your inspirations along the way uh, that, that that made you who you are today and why you're doing the podcast. Go ahead. I mean, so uh, I got some shit from Mike and Ming the last time because I'm long winded. So just cut me off, Mike, wherever I am. Uh, Never. You're on the right <laughs> podcast, then. Never. Yeah, I could go forever. So I started the blog when I was a officer training at the basic school in the United States Marine Corps. So the basic school, TBS. just to give a brief, yeah, TBS, it's a brief oversight, is the Marine Corps is the only organization where every single officer goes to the same school for the first six months, and it's like a leadership finishing mm-hmm. school. And then after that, we go out and learn our given jobs. And the reason for that is that every Marine is a rifleman, so every officer is a rifle platoon leader. Mm-hmm. That's that's the requirement. So when I was there, I said, "Hey, I have. I was very blessed. I had a lot of family members, a lot of friends. I had a lot of athletes that I had coached when I was a trainer prior to that, that were wondering what was going on in my life. And so I couldn't keep up with all of them. So I said, if I put up this blog, I'll be mm-hmm. able to let them know what's going on. And then I started kind of in." engaging in a little bit more political talk sometimes or or just philosophical talk yep. or things like that and I realized hey like I have a voice out here that I can put out and then I went to a job in the uh, Marine Corps where I had to pull that I was working under a two star general and I couldn't be out there making comments and right. things because that would have reflected mm-hmm. negatively upon mm-hmm. him if somebody disagreed with it or if it put a bad light in the Marine Corps so I stopped that and then when I got out of the Marine Corps I said hey I and, have and when was that when did you get out I got out 10 months ago okay. uh, so January 1st, 2019 was my first day as a civilian. And thank you for your service. Thank we're, you for your um, we were huge. Actually, my family is a huge military family. I have two nephews who graduated from West Point. That's amazing. They're, they're great kids. Another, my, their brother is, um, he's in the reserves. Um, I mean, it's, we're, we're a military family. We That's wonderful. We very much in, um, in service, not myself, of course. You know, I'm I'm a lazy sack, so okay. I never would have made it. <laughs> but hey, what can I say? It's not for everybody, but the uh, the support factor is mm-hmm. is enough that we need in this country more for our military personnel. Not that, and I always say this isn't to say that the military doesn't get enough support. If anything, I've gotten so much support that I think like I almost owe this country another debt of gratitude by going back into the service. Right? I oh, don't do that because then you can't do your podcast. <laughs> I and, can't. You know, yeah. yeah. So um. So anyway, so I I got. Back back on and the podcast was where I started I had lost my sense of purpose values and belonging it was kind of what I identified myself and every veteran goes through this you kind of find that you are no longer you you I had a really good friend put it to me this way after he listened to one of my episodes about it you are given 13 10 to 13 weeks where you are taught to become dependent upon the organization and then you leave and nobody teaches you how to become independent you don't get that 10 to 13 week step down coming out you don't and especially if you're a guy who is giving every ounce of his soul to the marine corps you are like leaving and you're almost you're barely getting everything done that you need to leave right so and that that happens with a lot of the infantry guys they're like walking out the 
door and we're getting every ounce of blood we yep. can out of them before they go. So when I left, I was like, I need something to fill this void. And I have always had like a bit of a creative side where, and not necessarily just a creative. I like to inspire people. I like to talk mm-hmm. to people. I like to share lessons in history. I think that there are so many amazing things that we can learn from uh, and that we can all build off each other. I think that iron sharpens iron. So I wanted to use the podcast as something to be a positive message that I could put out to the world and encourage other people to find their sense of purpose, values, and belonging. Uh, if we can say that the Marine Corps' motto is uh, Semper Fidelis. It is. Would there be a motto for the postmodern patriot? Yeah, it's let's leave a legacy. Right, talk yeah. about that. So I think that, I think that one of the problems – that exists in society, right? And, and again, you know, we all have our opinions and I try to come at everything from a positive light. I don't ever want to be negative. There's enough negativity out there that we no don't need No shortage of that. Yeah. Right. So, no shortage of that at this table. <laughs> okay. Just Correct. Just ask Bleeding Cool, but go yeah. ahead. All right. so, so my response to that is that I'm always going to come at things from a positive light. And so I think that one of the ways that we can come at this positively is by understanding that and, and this has come to fruition for me very in a very real light with my son being born, but it's the fact that there is somebody somewhere, no matter who you are, who's looking up to you and is depending upon you. Whether that whether you're just like Joe Schmo in your house or you're running a job somewhere or you're, you know, I don't know, on a sports team or you're some kid in high school who's just figuring out his thing or some girl, you know, it's, it's guys and gals. Somebody is going to look up to you one day and you are going to leave something behind that is going to give people an opportunity to talk about you and to say, hey, John was this guy. Jane was this girl. This is what we remember from them. And I think that if we can step outside of our view of just what's in front of us and we can look around and and get on the balcony, right, and view things from the balcony. And this is what they say great coaches do. Mm -hmm. They get on the balcony and they see, okay, this is what the team has and this is what I need to do for them because I'm up above while they're down in the trenches fighting the good fight, right? If we can do that for ourselves and we can get up on the balcony, we can see, hey, someday I'm not going to be here. And actually, the impact that I have, the time I have to make an impact in this world is so small when you look at the grand scheme of things that if I can consider what I can potentially do in that short amount of time and that I want to leave a mark, it might motivate me to push a little harder every day. Because we are all fighting the battle of how we manage our time and conduct our activities, right? And and so if we look on the balcony and we try to see what we can do, that's going to help us to identify how we can make a better impact on this world. This has a great outlook i appreciate that um and it's certainly something that if if we all took the time to maybe be a little bit more reflective we certainly can agree with with a lot of actually with all there's nothing really to disagree with um i read one of your blogs on crimes of maybe commission versus omission oh yeah errors of omission Uh, omission. uh, yeah and 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 first of all you, you 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 wrote it beautifully because you were able to illustrate the uh, you know and kind of serve as the backdrop for your greater point on uh, maybe something that you had gone through in the service when um, you know you were you were you were taking this mountain for some live fire exercise yeah yeah and 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 you know you actually somehow John you managed to make both kinds of errors on the same <laughs> thing, uh, according to two different officers exactly yeah 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 um, but. Um, but you know, and, and then and then I think most recently, um, even more recent than that one was perhaps something uh, you get what you deserve. Yeah, so that so was a, a guest post. That. That's a great post. Okay. Oh, okay. So that, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't. There's another infantry officer. His name's Dan Rogers, okay. and he's still on active duty, but he's getting ready to get out, and he wants to start doing a couple things. Uh, and he so. 
the infantry officer community is very tight knit. Um, and your reputation follows you wherever you go, even if you get out. Like people know who you are, and they will judge you for what they have been told about you. And and that serves us a great benefit in our organization. It can be a problem at times, but so like because like you could be a good person and make a change, and maybe you made a mistake, and it's unfortunate that your reputation continues to follow you. But it also helps us to understand like who we can trust and who we can't trust in a very realistic scenario. So. I have a great network of infantry officers that I can still depend on, even though I'm out of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And one of them is also another gentleman who's out. And he said, Hey, I want you to read this article from Dan Rogers. And he's like, he said, it's on the new Joker movie. And it's an amazing look at the new Joker movie through a philosophical lens. Um, and so I read the article and I was blown away. Now, I don't ever post anything on the blog that's more than a thousand words. This article was like 2,200 words. And I put it up there anyway because he basically goes through – if to, to not bore the hell out of everybody on like how we could discuss all the philosophy and everything. He His ultimate lesson that you can take away from this is there's a man named Solzhenitsyn who mm-hmm. was banished to the gulags in Siberia when he was in Russia at one point. And instead of taking this and making it this horrible thing for himself and thinking, woe is me, yep. he turned around and he decided every day he was going to write and he was going to give out this great lesson to the world. Right, And so I – I had never met anybody else who read the book Gulag by Solzhenitsyn before because I like thought that I was the only one. And I messaged Dan. I said, oh, it's so awesome to meet somebody who's, who's read this. He goes, actually, I never read it. I just read a couple blurbs about it. But the lesson is still amazing. And, and basically, So you remain the sole person I who might has be, read yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> if somebody's watching, let me know. Please, God. Mo, is that is that one of the ones that you've read on your book club? <laughs> Uh, yeah. okay. Okay. The Reader's <laughs> Digest abridged Gulag, yes. And, and, and he was thrown into Gulag because during World War II, he was very critical of the Stalinist yeah, regime. exactly. And so he's lucky he didn't get a firing squad. Exactly, yeah. But 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 he took that time to, to write. Exa- and and wh- everything bad could have happened to him, right? His yeah. wife left him. Exactly. Uh, he gets diagnosed with cancer. Yes. But, but he's thinking about... You know, looking at every moment that led me to here, is there something I could have been better at? Yes. You know, something I could have done a little bit differently and been a better version of myself. Exactly. And he's, he's saying, I've learned all of these lessons, mm-hmm. and it would be a sin for me not to share them with the world. And the ultimate what's, – what's the Joker's real name? I'm blanking on it right Well, in, 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 in the film, and, Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck. Okay. So the, the beauty of – Batman 89, it's Joe Chill. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the beauty of the article is that <laughs> Arthur Fleck is a man who – should be ashamed of himself because instead of responding to the horrible things that he received in life in kind and saying, I can turn this into a positive, he took the weak path out and he decided that he was going to take that out on the world. Mm-hmm. And that we're, we see that mm. today, right? We see this in the, in the active killers that come out and start shooting people because they're angry about some, the way someone treated them, right? Or because we disagree with their ideology, right? And, I, and I'm not talking about like terrorists. I'm talking about incels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. people who yep. are yep. dealing with their own problems that they can't fix, right? And I understand. I'm sympathetic. We all, we all have weights that we wear on our shoulders and we're all fighting battles. But we can all take that and turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to do so. And so the ultimate gist of the article is that screw Arthur Fleck for what he did. He's a lesson. And we all know somebody like Arthur Fleck who took their negatives and said, woe is me. But we all also know people who took their negatives and said, I'm going to make something out of myself regardless of this. I'm going to publish a gulag. It's Jack Napier, by the way. Jack Napier. Not Joe Chill. Jack Napier. But he fulfilled the Joe Chill role. Yes, he did fulfill the Joe Chill role. Just as some nameless uh, Yahoo just did in this most recent Joker film. Now, um, 
you know, there's one other thing in that in that yeah particular blog. Um, you know, we're talking about hey, listen, can you take these moments and maybe spin it into something positive? But but you know, Canadian clinical psychologist mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson. Yes. Okay. Great and, guy. And 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 he has attained a, a certain level of notoriety from those who are fans. Yes. And those who 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 view maybe him in a more negative light, saying that he may you used the term incels before, may may be giving them some ammunition for some of what they have to say. I think the guy has a lot of great things to say. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with him 100% of the time. Absolutely. Uh, but he did have a point that was referenced in the blog that I think is important. Do you remember what that was? I'm blanking on it right now. He said, uh, and, and, and Dr. Peterson said this a couple of years ago, which was... It's an amazing quote from him that is very compelling. Yeah, you know, uh, you're out there and, you, and you're fearing what the strong man will do to you. What you really need to be fearing is the weak man. Yeah, that's right. Because to your yeah. point, it's those who are weak, whether it's weak in, 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 you know, not just in the physical sense, but weak maybe of moral character, weak of will, that can be pushed to the point right. where maybe they might not make a good decision. Right. You know? Absolutely. So, uh, so anyway, big fan of your blog. I okay. appreciate that. Uh, uh, I'll just mention this for the podcast. Okay, how I first, of course, came to uh, to, to be aware of you, John, is uh, when you did record right here with the guys and with our good buddy Mike Polano of, of the PBR podcast. Great guy. And and so now, how did you two guys connect? So Polano has always been a bit of a mentor of mine. Okay. Um, and he I, he gives me a lot of shit because I don't give him enough call outs. But oh, the okay, dude, okay. so the guy, the guy, what, what, Mike Polano? Yeah, typical Mike Polano, right? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Mike Pilato. Um Yeah, so he, when I started podcasting, Mike saw something in me. He's known me since I was 16 years old. He showed up. He's like, hey, I see that you're podcasting. He was on hiatus from PBR. Yep, yep. He just handed me all of his equipment, which was like, you know, we're talking the same microphones that Joe Rogan uses yep. in his studio. We're talking mm-hmm. like all the stands, all the XR, all XLR cables, the same soundboard that you guys have right here, all that stuff. So we're talking thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Hands it over to I me. I got some bad news for you. That means Chris Ladondo <laughs> spoke into those those microphones. That's the right. So you might want to might want right. to bleach them up. Yeah, that's right. I got to pull off the the fuzz and clean yeah, it out. Right. Yeah. Um, and he said, "Hey, here you go. This is for you." You know. And he goes, "It's on loan." But what he doesn't realize is I'm never giving it back to him. I'm going to keep <laughs> it forever. Um, but so he was like, I, "I like what you're doing. I like the message that you're putting out into the world. I want to further that because I think that you have a creative capability yep. that you can get this message out to people and they're going to receive it." So he was kind of like, "That was." my blessing like because i was recording on a crappy mic that was you know that i bought cheap to see if i was actually Mm going to do this kind of stuff and we we talked about that on this episode and and that episode and i posted a pretty great blog post about the lessons learned from talking with all you guys yeah yeah it was really awesome it was like three wildly successful veterans of the industry and their advice on podcasting so wait have you guys ever been referred to uh (laughs) as that already wildly (laughs) successful not wildly successful nor well veterans but of many a drunken binge that's about it (laughs) i like the sound of that the wildly it sounds great wildly moderately successful i I definitely see (laughs) seven seasons on seasons on amc that's wildly successful we're gonna be part of the campaign to bring it back season eight coming soon in 2022 i'm down polano's all about that he wants to make it happen mo have you had a chance to uh to take a look at either the blog or take a listen to any of the podcasts so i listened to uh, a little bit of the podcast today i had had just a bit of time to do that i love the messaging john uh really really uplifting stuff really positive uh yeah i'm gonna tune in quite uh quite often 
Thanks so, a lot, Mo. Thank I you appreciate for that. that. Yeah. Mo, yeah. so I got to let you know, when you followed me, uh, you know, so like I said, I was an infantry officer. So I, I thought was, it was someone from overseas. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> Mohammed Youssef is actually the famous leader of, do you know this, Mo? Mo, Mo this could uh, be why you're on the no-fly list. Go ahead, John. He's <laughs> the famous le- spiritual leader of Boko Haram, which is the largest oh. terrorist organization. In um, Nigeria? Yes, good okay. job. Okay. All right. You yeah. impressed me, sir, oh. with your wealth of knowledge. And, oh, and, uh, and, and Todd has just joined us. We have a new challenge. Speaking of Boko We have the second in command of Boko Haram right here, Todd Sullivan. <laughs> here he is. Todd, what's going so, on, buddy? Maybe, maybe let's not talk about that right now. Oh, oh he's on a plane. <laughs> don't, don't shout, Todd. Todd, are, Todd, are you wearing a parachute? I'm <laughs> sitting right by the exit door. I know. Too. Seriously, what's up with that? <laughs> And sir, uh, a, by sitting in that, that row, you you, t- you take on the responsibility for being able to operate the exit door in the event of an emergency. Yes, there was yes, no po- no podcasting care, was no, uh, no podcasting uh, in this row, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny. We're gonna just throw the Todd real quick. Can you talk about the last flight you were on when you attempted to do what you're doing right now? What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was uh, on a flight from chicago to la and i uh i used my i was you know logged into the wi-fi and whatnot and then i got a call from a client of mine and i i answered it and it was through the wi-fi that he was able to call me and i joined so i joined a video call sitting here talking in the middle of the flight had no idea and then two flight attendants came over and just kicked me off the plane of course it was midair but they said, yeah, right. you can't do that. They say, I was like, well, it, it works. Isn't that cool? And they were like, yeah, you can't do that. So uh, that, uh, that I learned not to do that again. I was going to try for this one, but I didn't want to get uh, myself in so more we, trouble. So <laughs> you dropped him down to 32,000 feet <laughs> from 36. So nicely done, Todd. So in that case, we can infer that you are now safely on the ground where? At LaGuardia Airport? LaGuardia Airport. There it is. Okay, third it's world so airport, according to yeah, Joe Biden. I was going to say, Joe Biden called that a third world country. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, you know That's it, right. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden has I, no call to be calling I have the feeling this is not going to be the last time you're on the air here with us. I have that Oh, feeling. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. I well, would love to come back anytime. John, is that my way of saying get the fuck out of here? <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're just about reaching the 25% mark here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, John, uh, thank you. Uh, and Todd, this is, uh, this is John McCarthy of Postmodern Patriot. We're hey, Todd. wrapping up our segment where John is telling us you, about man. it. But what I did want to hear a little bit, besides Mike Polano, okay, some other inspirations of yours over the years. I don't know. Maybe it's a two-star general that you worked under. Maybe it's a high school coach. Maybe it's a family member. You know, who has helped shape make you the man you are today? Jeez. I, so I, I shared uh, – I'll uh, – I have a video that I put up. I got to speak at the high school that I went to where I talked about all the guys that, that did that for me. And I I, uh, I constantly go back to this one football coach that I had, and I talked about him in that errors of commission, errors of omission yep. post. Um, and, and he really was a great mentor of mine. But one guy I want to mention who I talk about pretty frequently, he was the first company commander I ever had. Um, and when I So when I was originally in the Marine Corps, I was supposed to be a pilot. And I went down to flight school. When I got down to flight school, uh, I got a phone call one day for my best friend's little brother. My best friend had overdosed on heroin. And um, the about an hour later, and I, I, I hate telling this because it puts a, a damper on this. About an hour later, I got a phone call from my mom. My father had died. So oh, it was like all at once, it kind of hit me pretty hard. 
So I was really trying to find myself for a long time. Then I failed out of flight school. So it was like I was getting the one-two yeah, punch, yeah. you know, or the one-two-three punch, and it all kind of hit me at once. And then I went to the infantry officer's course. I was fortunate. I, I did well at a, at a previous school that I could get into a, a tough school like that, and they accepted me in. But I was still trying to find myself for a little while. I had really thrown myself off. And when I stepped into my first role as a platoon commander, the gentleman that was my commanding officer, uh, his name is Andy Hornfeck. He's considered, like, one of the best infantry officers in the Marine Corps. He uh, he received an award. He was received multiple awards from like foreign countries for what he's done. Amazing guy. He stepped in and was my major role model and showed me what it meant to sacrifice for other people and to understand that like servant based leadership means actually serving those people underneath you to a point where they would do anything for you. Wow. Uh, so he was an amazing guy. I wouldn't say that he was a father figure. He was more like a big brother yeah, that yeah, I needed yeah, at that yeah. time. Uh, and he stepped in for me and really was my role model in life and is probably why I have the work ethic that I do today because no matter what I did he, he never looked at you and said you know I've heard people say this it sounds cliche and cheesy like he never looked at you and was like oh I'm proud of you or anything like that he was always like alright what else can we do you know and it, it was like he, but he would look at you when you did well and he would tell you like hey you did a really great job on yeah. that but he, it was like there was always the expectation it was like do you have a little bit more kind of like Socrates I guess you used yep. to always say yep. you know was this the best you can do and yep. And would lose his his students would lose their mind, right. and then they'd say, "Yes, that is the best I can do." And they say, "Oh, okay, that's all. I just want to know <laughs> right. if that was, and that's kind of what he did. So, so you know, Mo, Mo and I both had a um, both had a boss at different times in our career. Mo had this fellow as a boss first. I had him as a boss leader, and uh, and uh, and we're talking about Kent Weiss, and 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 Kent was in a civilian sense. Embodying everything you did there. Yeah, uh, we, we, you know, I, I had a boss once. Not, not this guy. I had a boss once that that in my initial interview said, "I want people that are going to run through walls for me." Yeah. So I said during that interview, I was like, "Okay, but do you, would you run through walls for them?" Bam. And and he looked at me like I was crazy. Now he still hired me. I didn't stay with him for long. But this is a fellow who, through his actions, he'll roll up his sleeves. He'll work yes. with you. He'll stay late. He'll demonstrate. He'll model good behavior. Right. Doesn't lose his cool because shit's going to hit the fan. You know, I, I often say at L'Oreal and Mo, I don't know uh, if things are any different out there on the West Coast. I'm like, guys, 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 we're not we're not saving babies here. We're selling, we're selling makeup and fragrance. But you know, every crisis is the biggest crisis. Right. But this guy, in ten years, did not lose his cool once. So I I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's the leading by example thing. That's exactly. what it is, right? You want the men or the women in the trenches fighting the good fight for you. You need to get in there with them, look them in the eyes, and let them see that you're yep. okay and that everything's going to be all right. And if you read, I mean, if we talk about role models in history that that aren't even people that I had, um, so like General Mattis, you know, Secretary well, of Defense. I was going to bring up the Mad Dog. Okay, all right, I won't get into him. So okay. we could talk about. Um, we could talk about. Uh, well, no, we could talk about him. I was just going to bring up. I don't know many people that have gotten personal correspondence yeah. from as you did today, my main yeah, man. Yeah, you're the man. Oh, you did your homework. Um, General Mattis emailed me back. Yeah, I'm like on cloud nine about that. I could probably like end the world tomorrow and be happy enough. Uh, no, I'm just You kidding. have the power to end the world? No, well, if I did. No, I want to see the last Game of Thrones books yeah. first, but go ahead. <laughs> that, well, <laughs> wait around. <my> <laughs> well, and we, we could talk about like what a class act the guy is. Right. He, he didn't say no. I, so I... I I owe you guys. You guys said, how do you get somebody on the podcast? You ask. Yeah. Right? And I've known that all along. Right. But to, 
But I needed to hear it from somebody else before I acted on it. And I said, you know what? Wildly Screw- successful veterans. Yeah. Party near wisdom. That's That's General Mattis. He's yeah. a wildly successful <laughs> veteran. <laughs> so, I mean, Nailed my God. It. And so I reached out to him. I sent him an email. I said, General Mattis, you know, these are all the things you've done that I'm very impressed by. Thank you for your lessons in leadership. I'm reading your book right now. I'd love to discuss it on the podcast. Yeah. Shot in the dark. You know, I did a little homework to get a hold of his email. And, uh, and I thought for sure I was never going to get answered back. He answered within two days. Unreal. And he said, uh, John, right now my travel schedule is insane, so I'm not going to be able to come on the show, but thank you for what you're doing for veterans. Yep. Uh, and so that was like really. I amazing. got goosebumps just when I when I yeah. read your highly redacted version. Of yeah. It. yeah. But by, by the by, by the way, General Mattis killed last week at the Al Smith dinner. He did. I, I, don't know if he he said, did. I didn't know he could be that funny, bro. He na- <laughs> so like here's my other thing. He so I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to yeah, upset yeah. anybody. I am very upset with the President of the United States for what he said about General Mattis. Of and the reason is is because that man has made so many sacrifices for this country. For for you to call him in the most overrated general when he didn't he's not even like the eighth most overrated he's the number one most overrated general yeah seriously there's there's got to be a sliding scale here right you know for so, god's sakes so Tom. for him and here's the thing like mattis wrote before these comments were made mattis wrote in his book call sign chaos he didn't want to be the secretary of defense but when your nation taps you on the That's shoulder right. you mm-hmm. answer the call yep right and he knew that he had to do this and so for trump to turn around and say this about him it really upset me but Total class, Mattis, in an, in an environment where you're allowed to roast people, you're supposed to roast yourself, right? That's what this dinner is known for, yep. is like the yep. roast. He gets up there, he roasts himself a little bit, and he takes a couple digs at the president without getting riled up, right. which is what... And he, didn't, and he didn't make it nasty. Exactly. Of course. Right. He which, kept which it classy. He never would. You never. Know. I, no. I, I would say this also, we, 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 we have a range of political spectrum here as well, so we're not going to get too into it. I would say... That nothing Trump said about General Mattis did surprise me, based on what right. he said about John McCain, based on uh, what he said about uh, knowing more than the generals that he has a 30-day plan to defeat ISIS. Uh, you know, not a tr- he went to one year of military school in high school, but but you know, so so it wasn't surprising. It was disappointing. Yeah, it was, and that's a good point. And for me, I was in a really tough spot. You know, when I was still in the military, I so I served under under Obama and Trump, who are vastly different commanders. Uh And for me, I never wanted to take a side politically. I would just always say, they're the commander-in-chief. Of course. I obey the orders of the officers appointed over me. That's the end of the story. So, you know, people always see you in the military, and they want to know your political opinions. And, like, what they don't understand is a lot. I was an officer. There's a lot of officers who have, like, vast political opinions. There's a lot of enlisted guys who are smarter than any officer who ever served in the Marine Corps. I had a kid in my platoon from Harvard who just wanted to go be a rifleman. So, yeah, wild stuff. Harvard graduate? Yeah, he graduated from Harvard. But as an enlisted. Yeah, and he enlisted in in the Marine Corps when he graduated. So it's got to be pretty, um, pretty rare. Yeah, he was a genius. He's a unicorn. Okay. He was super smart. He was very rare. Yeah. But so, so I say, like they're all intellectuals, but they didn't sign up because they care about politics. They yeah. signed up to answer the call. So people come in and they ask you all these questions, and you're like, you know, I don't really know. I don't really care. But to see the president of the United States talk about General Mattis that way, yeah, it was. And, and it's funny because you bring up these comments, and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm surprised. I shouldn't be. But it yeah. just it because I put Matt. 
status on such a high pedestal. It really was a yeah, shock. Well deserved. You know, my uh, my younger brother served in the Corps as well. Oh, that's uh, amazing. He uh, he signed up right out of graduation of high school. He was only 17 years old, June of 2001. So my the mom, parents signed a waiver. My mother was nervous. And wow, I, June and, of 2001. And I Holy said, Mom, crap. relax. Yeah. Let him go. We're at peace. Three months later, yeah. he's on the first plane to Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, God bless. Spent some time over there, some time in Okinawa, finished up his time at uh, 29 Palms, which yeah. was, of course, referenced in Europe. Yeah, every, every and, and, been uh, He came back. Um, he, uh, he he spent some time living with myself and the lovely Suzanne and the kids. I think that was good for everyone, the kids to see him, him to see the kids, help acclimate. We had the pub in Matawan at the time, Maloney's Pub. Uh, I put him to work there as a bouncer. Nobody fuck with him. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then it took him a little time. But then he, he, he came to me one day and he said, hey, just so you know, I'm, uh, I'm moving out. I'm like, oh, you got an apartment? He's like, yeah, I'm moving to Ohio. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my uh, my associates, my bachelor's. Now he works at the college out there. He's uh, doing a great job, connected with some platoon mates. And, uh, and so, you know, he, he, he was coming at it from a different side. You know, he was on the uh, enlisted side. Yeah. Uh, I had a great friend at L'Oreal. And, Mo, I forget if you, if you're, if you, if you knew John uh, Red Turner or not. Um, <laughs> Um, John worked with me. Uh, he worked with me in the factory in Piscataway. Uh, he was a, a Marine officer. He was a captain, an artillery captain. And um, um, one thing that he said, the Marine Corps, which he loved their service there. He, he was in Iraq. He did two tours. And uh, and then he finished up in Afghanistan. And uh, But what he said is, is for, for all, which I'm seeing with you as well, you know, for, for all of the um, – you know the training, and all of the maybe code of uniformity. Uh, you know, uh, he he what he never did was he never and he said the Marines never asked him to lose sight of what made him an individual. So his personality is still showing through. He's one of the funniest guys, one of the most capable guys. He worked with us in the factory in uh, at Florian Piscataway. He's currently at I believe a Nike factory in Memphis. But anyway, another good good guy, another Marine Corps officer. Listen, let's move on, guys. John, thank you very much Absolutely. for that. By the way, yeah, uh, I think a lot of people want to know about our top three this week. Right. And it's not, not wow. up to question. There's no question. Here. And uh, You've been waiting for this all for the last... Look, that Moe's gotten uh, dressed up for this. Yeah, I, I see ready. that, man. Yep. He feels the need. I am, I am the ready. The need for speed. I'll be back. Freeze well, Gotham. Guys, we did top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And we didn't just break the top three record. We shattered it to the point that I do not think we'll ever even approach these numbers again. Um, Ooh. Uh, we, wow. we received 612 votes, or almost double what had previously been the record for a number of wow. top three votes. We had votes on Instagram. We had votes on Facebook, on the group page, on, on my own page, in the Essential Guy Talk page, another member of the Shared Universe family. They have a great group going. And um, out of these 612 votes, I, I, it was still shocking to me, shocking, that there were some ties. So wow. before we get to you, the Point Blank fan, viewer, listener vote, we're going to go around the room. John, you feel you have the definitive, definitive. version of the top three. Yeah, there's no debate. It's a bold statement, uh, okay, my I, friend. I, yes. Bold I, statement. I would defy you and yeah. say there's definitely yeah. debate. But go ahead and tell us your top I'm three. I'm going to put my on friend. my Trump hat and tell you about the greatest, the absolute greatest movie. They're the greatest, okay? Without question. All three? Okay. Thanks Thanks there, Donnie. Hey, Todd, yeah. we're, doing, uh, we're doing top three Schwarzenegger. <laughs> All right, so so we're gonna come Todd, to Todd. Todd, Todd are you in a you in a gypsy cab? Yeah, I've been uh, I'm, I'm in the 
I'm in an Ubre to go uh, video off for a moment there while you were talking, John, about your, uh, you know, your military service and your idols and uh, your mentors and all of that. I was uh, taking a leak in a LaGuardia bathroom, so <laughs> I apologize <laughs> profusely. Uh, I feel like I've done a disservice. But to wait, no video footage? No video footage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike was really hoping to see that. On. No video or you're you're a, a traitor to your country. I, actually, actually, you before gotta, before how many diseases did he catch in that bathroom? Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike wanted to see your Portillo's hot dog, Todd Sullivan. He wanted to see your Portillo's dog. Before we get, to I have to, no idea what the hell that means. But before uh, we get to top four. three, before we get to top three, I want to close out our second beer, move on to our third beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now that Great we've beer. all had the opportunity to have that Virginia Beer Co. Weight Post, John, you tell me, what did you think about? this double oak bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with vanilla beans go so you said the soy sauce thing mm-hmm. i didn't taste that though so i was i was pretty pleased with it because okay. sometimes you drink too many of these and you like you're done and you're like right yeah it's very soy saucy and also some of them are too syrupy not the case with this one i was pretty pretty pleased with it because they can usually overpower the flavor and mm-hmm. it gets very syrupy and i'm not a fan of that not the case with this one i i, I also didn't find that uh this is i believe either their first or second venture into barrel aging. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the brewery itself, I believe, is only three, maybe th- maybe three years producing. They've had some great beers. They start to get into barrel aging. Now you have to be producing for a while so you can get those, get them into the barrel, let them mature. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, it's going to actually be bananas, what I say right now, because uh, Todd knows this firsthand. You know, some of my favorite barrel-aged uh, stouts in the world come out of Michigan. Uh, uh, that's Founders. Uh, uh, some of them are coming from Illinois, where Todd is, uh, and that's going to be Goose Island. I- I'm literally putting this right there with him. I Ooh. really, 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 really enjoy this. Much prop. Shout out to Robbie Willie and his team. <laughs> great job. Ming, your, your thoughts. Tell me you hated it. Uh, I probably I didn't hate it. I probably shouldn't have drank it as fast as I did. Uh, I have not eaten all day, and I'm 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 good. I I feel I feel good right now. Oh. I can kind of see it. I feel good, and uh, yeah, I think it feels um, red. I feel uh, weird. I feel red. So well, um, if that's the case, we want to make sure you get this third one. Then. Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, here I got my glass here. If you wouldn't mind, thank you. And John, I'm actually going to pass this over <laughs> to you. Uh, I was, but just so you know, what we're drinking next. This is also. So the first one was attained on my Brooklyn Brewery tour from last week. Next one was attained from uh, Virginia Beer Co. While I was down in Williamsburg on one of John's, John Jr., John Ross, the intern, sailing trips uh, about eight months ago. Been aging it since then. This one also came, and this is from the Mecca, guys. This is from Other Half Brewing over in Brooklyn. And this is Double Sunset. And it's an imperial stout with Ethiopian work a coffee. Now, I, I don't know a lot about Ethiopian coffee, but what I do know is work a coffee for me. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the bee's knees. And then they also added some vanilla and some milk sugar, some lactose. So uh, this is, as I said, we've been scaling up. We did 6%. We did 10.5%. Ming, this will fill what ails you. This is 13% right here. 13? John, Good I'm luck, gonna, Ming. I'm going to pass that to you. And, uh, and we're going to get to top three. So while John's pouring, Todd, we're going to go to you. You start us off. What are your top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies? Go. That's a, it's a great category. I, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I know I usually do about 15 different honorable mentions, but I'll we'll try to, stick to, uh, stick to the program here. 
Um, I texted you right before jumping on a plane in case I missed it. I'll start us off with um, best his best movie, and and I think of the bunch. It's it's one of my favorite movies. It's definitely I think his best performance is True Lies. That's probably uh, it, it may be number one on my list. Then I have, hi honey, uh, how are you? The most influential, <laughs> the most uh, most influential movie, and, and still you know fantastic. And his most iconic role had him as the Terminator. I picked T two. Um, I mean, you can go. I guess more iconic is Terminator, the original Terminator, but Terminator 2 is uh, is a, is, a, is a classic. He's fantastic in it. has a little bit more of a role than he actually did in, in one. There you go. And uh, one, one of my favorites of his, which I call his most Arnold performance, because it's just so over the top, is uh, and the best lines of, of many of these is uh, is Running Man. I love, I love me some Running Man. But I, I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> and who doesn't love Richard Dawson? <laughs> oh my God, Richard! As a kid watching, I'm like, be it didn't make sense to me. He's a host of Family Feud. He's not an actor. He's a, he's not going mano a mano with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That yes, he was. I, I, are you not remembering Hogan's Heroes? But I had forgotten. He crushes that. it. Yes, absolutely. It. Mike, who loves Jesse you? The body Ventura. And who do you love? Jim Brown. Oh, my God. Jim Brown, yeah. Forget about Sub-Zero. He is now Plane Zero. Plane Zero. (laughs) Great, great, great. One of my favorite little moments is when he signs the contract and stabs the guy in the back with the pen. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Actually, that's a a great way to put it. That might be his most Arnold performance of all time from top to bottom. Uh, oh, great. So we've got True Lies. We've got Terminator slash Terminator 2, a little bit of a hedge on your part. And then we've got Running Man. So that's a great top three. Mo, why don't you take us through your own top three? All right. I'll run through the uh, honorable mentions. I only got three. Okay. Uh, that's that's an improvement. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to mention Predator because it's uh, it's one of the greatest franchises out there. Uh, Conan. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Okay. You know, because I saw it with Mike. I didn't know if you meant Conan on TBS, Conan O'Brien. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we needed one mangle in there, right? And Team Coco. You kind of mangled Predator as well. Don't worry. Keep going. And and Kindergarten Cop. Ah! It's not the John Kimball. Okay, yes. (laughs) It's not a tumor. It's not. So, my top three, uh, similar to Todd, I had... Uh, the original Terminator, uh, Running Man, and then uh, Total Recall. Oh, you know, who who doesn't like to take a trip up to Mars? That's right, get your ass yeah. to Mars. Very, very yeah. good. Well, here's what I can tell you, Mo. Uh, many of your selections are echoed in the Point Blank Fan Viewer Listener vote. So, uh, so you are pretty much in touch with the pulse of the people. So, which I don't know if we said that. I'm shocked. I'm shocked you didn't have twins on that list. Oh man, I should have. I should have. You, you, uh, you're right there. There's always next week. Mm-hmm. Or junior. Okay. Well, excellent, excellent <laughs> selections, John. We're going to come to you right here in the studio. Go ahead and give us your top three and and your rationale. So I'm a little mad at Mo right now because these these are not honorable mentions. They're the top three. Number one, Conan the Barbarian. 
number one, right? What's the quote in that? It's like the to pit, crush what, your what, enemies, what is to best see in them life? driven before you, what is and best to hear in the life? lamentation of the women. women. Yeah, that's yes. it. That's like the best quote ever. Thank you, Mike, for the assist. On You're that. welcome. I appreciate that. I needed that. Um, to see, yeah, to see them driven in the fields. Yeah, that's like nuts. Uh, so that's number one, Mo. Number one, yeah, Mo. <laughs> Mo. Number two, pumping iron. The documentary. Ah, very Ooh. underrated. Yes, okay. very underrated. Changed the entire Arnold's fitness cool. world, and Arnold just crushes it. And at the end, I'm pretty sure he lights up a blunt, yeah. which is pretty impressive for mm-hmm. you know Mr. Uh, Olympia. Which I'll also give it a special mention in this era of reality TV. And I'm sure you guys don't know anything about what I'm about Not to say. Not a clue. But maybe there's an air of scriptedness to the reality in some cases. That was also the case with Pumping Iron. Was it really? Oh, way ahead of its time. Really? Way ahead of its time. You know, my father, Big Tom, uh, uh, quite into bodybuilding. He, he had us into Arnold before Arnold became Arnold yeah. because of Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron was amazing. Great pick. Arnold taught a guy who asked him to learn how to pose. He taught him an entire posing routine where the gentleman would scream at the end of every pose. And Arnold only did it because he thought that there was a lot of potential in this kid and he didn't want him to beat him. Right. Yeah. Tro- he was trolling him, essentially. Trolling nah. him. Right. The ultimate troll. Number three, kindergarten cop. Who's your daddy and what does he do? That's of course. It. Done. Amazing. There's the whole scene at the end where they're in like the school carnival. It's a your your epic what is it, eighties, nineties movie, whatever, yeah. where they like end in the big scene. It's like every movie during that time period had to end in the big right, right, right. scene where there was like a montage that led with like them running through a big field. The, the bad all. guy's name is Crisp. Like what what a, what, <laughs> what a bad guy. badass, man. Bad, bad guy's name Crisp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, go ahead and take us through your own top three. All right, moments. I don't know if this is going to come up very often, but uh, Last Action Hero, I saw it. Okay, I saw it. I was uh, I was in Taiwan at the time it came out. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. And the Taiwanese freaking war- loved the movie. You were in Taiwan? Yes. Were like, were there riots going on? I just no, 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 okay, no, no riots. Right, okay, it was uh, right, 1993, right. summer of 93. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it came out. Oh, thanks, bro. It wasn't and, last um, week. <laughs> I was taken there by some relatives who lived in Taiwan. All, all like, you know, they didn't speak much English, but it was Arnold, 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 Arnold. Was the movie in English with with, with subtitles? Uh, or? Yes, it was uh, English with uh, Chinese subtitles. Wow. So I was able to, you know, uh, sit there and understand what's going on. Not that you even really need any dialogue in Last, Last Action Hero. <laughs> and uh, I love, you know, he got to play the action version of himself right. and himself with a wink yeah with exactly. a wink yeah yes. of course yes but i know not very popular good. opinion no but that's a good pick good pick yeah. for sure yeah uh number two i mean i i gotta go with total recall so uh, yes. Cohagen, give those people a <laughs> you think this is a real quaid it is yeah yeah i've, I've it's C- considered this a divorce yeah 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 mars air uh three three uh three breasted women there's Sharon I, Stone. I've been thinking about that for 30 years. Right. Two weeks, Mike. The two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. The scene where the person like shrivels in the sun, you can't forget that. Right. Yeah. They yeah. step out of the dome and they just like. It's like or, 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 or when. We're, as we're, Todd goes in and out of shadow yeah. here, I'm like, wow. Is he shriveling? <laughs> or, or wait, when the woman with a bomb disguise, you know, over- surprise! <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then uh, number number one has got to be T two, summer of ninety two or ninety one. No, ninety two, ninety two, ninety two. Just you know, it there. You know, it, it, that was the ultimate event movie. Yeah, for um, sure it was. Yeah, we uh, had the Guns N' Roses video. Uh, so much marketing leading up to it. 
but James Cameron knocked that out of the park with the the technology, the T one thousand, from beginning to end. That movie made movie that made going to the movies fun. Which funny that's ninety two, right? Okay, and just a quick digression: Jurassic Park ninety three. Yeah, the CGI in both of those movies holds up today better than half the horse shit that's on the screen now. Absolutely, yeah. You look at that T one thousand, Robert Patrick, man. I'm still scared of him. Yeah, great stuff. It's like they almost rest on their laurels now. They're like, oh, the technology will take care of it. Whereas nope. at that time period, they had to have like the art and yep. the, the technology. Yeah, right. yeah. Practical effects and digital effects. Exactly. So. so they worked really hard. Yeah, yeah that uh, Arnold holding a minigun at Cyberdyne Systems before it blows the, up to smithereens. Um, and the continuation of that 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 world, that storyline, so, so, absolutely fantastic. So by the way, for this upcoming Terminator Dark Fate, yes. I, I believe, like every Terminator movie since, uh, it's ignoring every movie since T2. So right. in other words, Terminator that's, and T2 are canon. That's a way to do T3 it. T3 didn't happen. Genesis right. didn't happen. Right. Whatever, you know, uh, uh, Salvation didn't right. happen. And, and I think somehow... I'm choosing to believe that the Arnold T-800 in this movie is the robot from T2 who we all saw disappear into the lava. Right. But I'm hoping mm-hmm. that as soon as the camera cut away, somebody pulled him out. And uh, and this is him again. So we're going to find <laughs> okay. out pers- okay. soon, soon enough. Okay. We're Linda Hamilton's looking badass in these trailers, right. man. Right. Or they, they just sent another one back. It's, not, uh, you know, it's the same Unlimited chip. supply. It's it's a, it's it was Silas Stone thing. who grabbed him out, out of there. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Good. Yeah. Joe Morin. Okay, Mike, let's hear your own top three. Uh, okay, I've, I've got to give a shout out um, to um, Jingle All the Way because nobody's. What, you what give was it, I uh, thinking? Uh, what's the matter with you guys? Oh my God. Jingle the All the Way. The Turbo Man. The Turbo Man. Simbad and Phil, Phil Hartman. Oh I mean, come God. on. Guys. The late. It's a great. The late great Phil, Phil Hartman. Hartman. And is Sinbad, can we say he's late grade too? Or? No, he's still alive. <laughs> no, but his career, his yeah. career. No, he's still okay, doing stand-up. He's, I met him about... Dead or alive candidates, I'm sorry if I spoiled <laughs> it. Where did you about meet Sinbad? a month ago, he came what? to the no, secret he... stash. What? I got pictures. What? Yeehaw. You have a picture was... of Sinbad? Why didn't you post this Stay shit? tuned to Point Blank, soon featuring did Sinbad. You po- did you yes. post these? No. I you know, I, I forget stuff. So I remember when he was on Star John, Search, definitely man. definitely available. Quick, airdrop me the photo. We got to put it get it on here, dude. We'll or on. email it or something. Right. Or just yeah, I, pull it up. I'll hold it up to the camera or something. All right. All right. Well, Why the, was he at the stash? Because he was doing um, a film festival in Red Bank. Wow. And did he know who you were? Is he a fan of comic book uh, fan? Uh, was he like, yo, Zapsik, what's up? He came in. He had heard of us. So, okay. And his son um, writes comics now. What? Yeah, Sunrise Biopunks. Uh, Sinbad his name Jr.? is uh, Sinbad Jr. Sinbad Jr. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm his getting peppered. His name is Cullen Bunn. I can't oh. believe. No, it's not. Uh, it is. Hold on one second. God I can't believe I forgot about Jingle All the Way. I am so uh, angry at myself. I'm not going to say masterpiece. Jingle All the Way. Sinbad pulls out the random package. He goes, "Do you know how many bombs travel through the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> on a daily basis?" <laughs> there you go. And he just like threatens crap, to blow dude. up the whole store. That's like that's like the greatest un, movie un, ever. Sinbad and Ernie O'Donnell, you slide over, you can see me too. So I, I don't want to go through your photo. No, you really don't want to. Why don't you slide through Mike's DMs right there? there Mike, you go. so we got Jingle all the way. All right, that's, no, wait, that's that's my wait, honorable wait, wait, mention. This is the full photo. Why are you off on the sidelines? Because here, uh, uh, the guy, who, because he was get him taking the, the photo, oh, and he, he's him. not that great. You look like you're there like, you huh? Like, what's going yeah. on here, guys? Well, there are, there are a couple more on there. Nice. So. I'm not going to go through your photo. Probably smart. 
Uh, here you go. And this is his. Uh, here we go. And his his son. They also have the iconic fight scene where they're dressed up and one of yeah. them is the yes. villain yeah. and the other is the superhero. Yep. Turbo it, Man. Yeah, it's amazing. Turbo it's Man. great. Yep. What's nice. the kid's name? What's Arnold's son's name? Is it Johnny? Uh, I forget. So yeah, did Johnny. Arnold. I'm going to get you the toy, Johnny. I swear. Um, so that for... funny. I'm I'm gonna echo <laughs> I'm gonna echo Todd's uh, list almost verbatim because oh, wow. for me it is oh, Running Man. Okay, the Running Small Man movie. with um, starring uh, Richard Dawson and co-starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, for me, it is just it's perfection. It is it's beautiful. It is so what nineties oh, thought yeah. two thousand and ten was gonna be. <laughs> there was all neon and it was like American Gladiator meets the Terminator. Right. Yep. So Me- meets the most dangerous game. Yes, exactly. Yep. Uh for number two, it's a tie. It's Ooh. Terminator One or Terminator and Terminator Two. T two. Oh, okay, all right. So Hold um, on, hold on. We get a ruling? The judges allow it. The okay, judges allow it. And the third one <laughs> the call is, stands, everybody. The call stands. And the third one is or my number one movie is uh, True Lies. True Love lies. True Lies. Well, strong, let, strong choices. Mike. Let strong me choices. tell you, you who agrees with you. He just typed in our feed. Last week's guest, George Gio, Giorgio, the animal said he says, True Lies needs to be up there. Tom Arnold is funny as hell. He is. And Arnold. It does his- not have Lady Gaga in there. Did you write that back to him? <laughs> there is no supporting actress Lady Gaga in this. I'm sorry. Sorry, Hang on George. A I think Todd's getting arrested, guys. Looks like. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we seeing this? Are we seeing this? <laughs> Still. Todd, silence. Silence. <laughs> Po- podcasting still, and driving. In the, uh, LaGuardia, still in the LaGuardia parking structure. In case you've been in that car for 30 minutes. You haven't gotten out of the parking structure. Well, we've been in this podcast studio for an hour and a half. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the... Time stands still. All right, guys, I'm going to give you my own top three. <laughs> Please okay. do. This is three, two, one for me. Three, two, one. Number three. The movie has been mentioned several times. Terminator 2. Excellent. Terminator 2. Uh, released in June of, two, um, of 1992. Todd and I saw it three times in the first two days, uh, uh, twice in the city, once in Santa. As, as we did, as we did with the aforementioned Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's, that's also true. That's also true. Uh, and um, so, obviously, Terminator created the character. Okay, I'll be back. Okay, he he can't be reasoned with. He can't be bargained with. He can't be negotiated with. He's an unstoppable killing machine. But Terminator Two took him from from that great movie into a cultural icon, and it's arguably spawned you know his entire career afterwards. James Cameron at the pinnacle. We mentioned some of the technical marvels. Uh, uh, you know, even despite Edward Furlong, this movie was epic for me. That's number three. My number two. A movie that has not one but two governors in it, and that is Predator. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, um, I think uh, his character here, Dutch, uh, he's at peak muscle mass, um, and and it's just an absolutely, absolutely amazing film. Mo said it kicked off a franchise. Now that's true; it did kick off a franchise. If you take all ten movies in that franchise and put them together, they're not as good as the original Predator. No, uh, uh, that that movie is no perfect. The screenplay by Shane Black. He gives himself a small cameo role in the film as well. Um, he was actually, he had to be on, the reason why he's got the cameo is he had to be on uh, set 
for because Arnold was a bear about dialogue change. Okay, so he was on as script doctor. Wow. Okay. So and to to babysit um, Billy. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sunny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know you yeah. mean uh, previously seen in 48 hours. Yes. Um, but, uh, and listen, he goes out like a badass in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. As, as, and not everyone does, but you've got Jesse the Body. You've got Bill Duke as Mac, 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 Mac. <laughs> I learned how to shave from Mac. This is a true story. To this day, I am 44 years old. You still cut yourself right here? I do not <laughs> use shaving cream because I said, if it's good enough for Mac in the jungle, it's good enough for Johnny C. I don't. So, um, so in any event, uh, that's my number two, Predator. My number one movie. I don't think any of you said this movie. Commando. Okay? No. John Matrix was his name. He can smell them coming, whether they were downwind. The 60-second scene of him decimating the henchmen's uh, of the drug lord in the garden shed, using every, uh, every tool, every blade, every rake, every hoe to absolutely <laughs> mutilate and destroy them or when uh, or when you know, there's just so many great isn't scenes. that the movie where he's got like the stand just, up in the just... woods with the machine gun like he's yes! just like letting it rip Ray Don Chong yeah he's just like, like I mean listen a very young too young for us to make any comments so nobody better make yeah, a comment I think you're just picking this one because you're enamored with a with a 13 year old no, Alyssa Milano no, nobody oh, better say anything uh, about Alyssa Milano because you're too oh. young in that movie although when we were that young it was okay to think she was pretty we can't say that anymore uh, <laughs> but 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 absolutely for me this guy he had the cut off sleeves you know he puts a face paint on he goes on he takes on an entire army by himself and remember one thing Solly okay alright he lied alright mm. he said he was going to kill you last and he lied uh, I've spoken about this tape before on this program I call it the ABC tape you know, we mentioned that my dad, aforementioned Big Tom, uh, belonged to four different, four different videotape clubs. And every tape that we rented, every single one, was recorded and entered into our library. And because there were six-hour SLP tapes, we can get three two-hour movies on each tape. The greatest one for me was the ABC tape. Todd would come over when we were kids. We would watch it. Aliens, Big Trouble in China, Commando. I've watched each of those movies a thousand times for me. It's my number one, Commando. But here's the thing, folks. What you're really tuning in for is to see with you, the Point Blank viewers, listeners, fans, how you voted. As I said, we absolutely destroyed the voting record. I have to ask one question. Go, did, Mike. Did anyone vote for Eraser? Yes. Actually, okay. What? Actually, oh, actually not only does Eraser have votes. In the sixth day? Not only, uh, sixth day has votes. <laughs> but not only does Eraser <laughs> have votes, the same person that just told you True Lies needs to be up there has in his second place Eraser, fabulous action, and you get Miss America as a hedge. Okay, that's George said he has oh, wow. Eraser. Oh, wait a minute, as a hedge? Yeah. Wait a minute, what does he mean by that? <laughs> You've been erased. <laughs> that's great. In third place that's on great. his list, The Vanishing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go watch, go watch the vanishing in that or an innocent man with Tom Selleck. Okay, so we have 612 votes cast, guys. Wow. We've never even approached that. 350 was our record before this. 
This is something people were very, very passionate about. Okay, none more so than my uh, my guest right here, John McCarthy. And uh, what was his name? J.W. Carter 589. Me yeah. and him were going back and forth. Yeah, J.W. Carter 589. Was he pitching? I. He's like, no, man. No, man. I said, You're wrong. No, he was great. He was actually super classy about it. He was. I said what I said what my favorites were, and he responded and said, absolutely not. It's Predator, <laughs> uh, Commando, and Conan. He, he said Commando. That's great. Okay. Good. And then he said, but you know what? We all have our opinions, so it's okay. It's just favorite movies. But this is a great comeback. Go ahead, John. I said, right, and we could all agree on one thing without question. His three greatest were Conan, Pumping Iron, <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. Uh, for our top three, we're going to give a top ten countdown, but we're going to say, because of Mike, we're going to mention something we don't normally do just outside the top ten. Coming in at number 11 was The Last Action Hero, scored 14 votes, with 21 votes in tenth place. Jingle all the way. Told you. Okay. Coming in at ninth place with 24 votes. Running man. Yes. In eighth, in eighth place with 27 votes. His first collaboration with Cinema Titan, Danny DeVito. Twins. Twins. Wow. 27 votes. Good for eighth place. Really? At seventh place. Twins beat Running Man. That is correct. Uh, I know, Todd. By three votes. Welcome to my world, buddy. You need to have a discussion with your listeners. (laughs) Okay. Here he is coming in at seventh place with a jump up to 36 votes. John Kimball. Kindergarten cop. Okay. That's that's in seventh place. Deserves to be higher. In sixth place with 41 votes. The movie that turned him into a movie star. Conan the Barbarian. Sixth place. John, I'm sorry. It's not first. It's sixth. It's okay. Number one. Okay. Coming in at fifth place, we have a tie. We have a tie in fifth place. And these movies have something in common. They both begin with T. We have True Lies and Total Recall. Wow. Each with 57 votes. 57 votes. I mean, guys, this is a scale we've never even encountered before. 57 votes. Total Recall. 57 would normally be far and away our number one. Thanks for the tip, kid. When George Carlin won... As greatest stand-up comedian of all time, by doubling, more than doubling the second place Richard Pryor, he had 60 votes. This is 57 votes, and it's a tie for fifth place. We're going to punch through. Here we go. Fourth place. Fourth place with 65 votes. I'll be back. The Terminator, the original film. Obviously, that spawned a franchise as well, Mo. Coming in at third place. With 66 votes, so it edged out Terminator by one vote. 66 votes. T2. Commando. Ah. Okay. Coming in second place with two more votes on top of that, 68 votes altogether. Let's see. Talk to the hand. That's Terminator 2. Terminator 2, hasta la vista, baby. Okay. And... The number one movie. Hold on. Hasta la vista, baby. And uh, for number one, we haven't mentioned it. I guess you guys can figure it out by process of elimination. Of course. But it has absolutely destroyed the competition. 101 votes. And it's pumping iron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that we can all agree. With 101 votes. This shocked me because going around this room, I didn't feel necessarily the love. 101 votes. Predator. Predator is the number one movie Arnold of all time. Now, I'm going to say something, guys, only because this has never happened before. 
and it probably will never happen again. It's just because of the relative uh, 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 paucity of number of candidates. Only 23 different votes were cast for 23 different movies. Okay. Where did Batman and Robin fall? Batman and Robin uh, had two votes. Two votes, wow. <laughs> okay. Tied for second to last place. I, I, you know, because there's so few, I'm going to go through the whole list. But here's what I'm going to say. This is important. It's very important that you guys note this. And I want to get points applied to my combat trivia score the next time we actually resume that bit, which is... I actually, different order, but I have the top three as the fan vote. It's Predator, Terminator 2, and Commando. Uh, if you look and you go on the Point Blank page on Facebook, you go on John Garcosa's page, you go on the Essential Guy Talk page, there were three or four other people that got that combination. Again, because there's only 23 possible uh, votes, apparently, there's not that many permutations. I don't know, I guess 23 factorial. There's probably actually millions of combinations. But that said, uh, uh, if you eliminate things like uh, Red Heat, Sabotage, Junior and Hercules in New York. There's only just so many, and so yes, I did accurately predict the top three, as did several others. Uh, John, uh, I saw you had your phone open. If you can go back to the Point Blank Instagram page, one of the people that commented on our page was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger fan page. Oh and, yeah, they did. And, I saw this, and they say they do this kind of vote like every couple of years. Yeah, and they say in invariably, inevitably, the top three is something. If you can find that comment and let us know what if they you said. Can answers every time we ask the top three is Terminator 2, Predator, and the Terminator. No. Okay, so so we almost said that. We actually had Commando, but it actually, out of 612 votes, it only was, beat Terminator 1 by one vote. Right. 66 to 65. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, here, here's the ones that didn't make the cut, okay? Uh, uh, Pumping Iron, nine votes. Eraser, eight votes. Six Day, three votes. Tide, Batman and Robin, Conan the Destroyer, End of Days, Escape Plan, alongside Sylvester Stallone, uh, Hercules in New York, Junior and Red Heat, all had two votes apiece. Okay. And coming up in last place, Mr. Irrelevant with one vote, Sabotage. Okay. <laughs> I think Sabotage was his second movie post being governor, the first one being The Last Stand with Johnny Knoxville. Let's get into our social media follows of the Wait. week, guys. We're going to go around the room. Each one of us is going to give someone that we think we should be following on a social media platform, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, uh, 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 Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Grinder, whatever it is. Go ahead and, uh, and give us. <laughs> Your social media follow of the week. Is there anyone that's saying they want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. I got that. Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, Tony Blower. And I'm just uh, Instagram or Twitter? What's, what it, what's that platform? Instagram. Oh, okay. I thought you I thought you were clarifying that for uh spell that for me, please. Tony yeah. T O N Y. T O N Y B L A U E R. Tony Blau. Got it. He's actually a guest on the podcast this week. Oh uh, wow, okay. I'm, I'm recording with him out in LA on Friday. And he is basically and, and this goes in like the entire same vein of everything that I do. He has developed a uh, startle flinch response self defense that you can use to, you don't you can he teaches it to women to protect their children. I love this so and far, it's man. amazing. So and he also releases all these awesome videos every time there's an active shooter or active killer, teach you how to do all this kind of stuff. Great dude, everybody should know it. And he's like the number one advocate for why you should carry a tourniquet around. So And when will he be appearing on the podcast? Uh, so next week is the end of the sober October episode. Episode, so he'll come on the week after, and that's called his his methodology. Startle flinch. So he calls it the startle flinch response. Yeah, but his methodology is spear system. Okay. Yeah, which is what he uses in there. Very it's an acronym. So yeah, okay. cool dude. All right, little, he's got a ton of followers, ten thousand followers. I highly recommend you follow. Looking forward to that. Oh, what's this here? Oh, yeah, the home invasion. So he does commentary on oh, this stuff. Boom. 
Is this security a, footage? Like, is this yeah, actual? from an actual camera. This so guy's protecting his wow. family. It's three it's three guys trying to come in. He, he fights them off. Uh, I guess we could all say this. He just fucked them up. He did. Watch it. Now, one of them comes back in, and he still manages well, to get nope, nope, nope. I'm out. Yeah, he, 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 he don't want none. And now he's going out with a knife. Right, that, that guy right there is who we all want to be right there. And so, look, there's his wife. Oh. And so Tony and his she wife is sleeping. kind of weird Spider-Man jump. Jumped off of some shit. Tony is using this as an example of one of the things he talks about frequently is that we need to, when we are in a very dangerous situation, visualize the people that we care about most and them being right next to us and, and imagine that we're protecting them. Right. That will project us to be more powerful mm -hmm. and more scary. And so this is a great example. This guy's in his house. Like, I mean, no, listen, that's it. That's the real done. deal right there. It's it's me and you, and oh, I'm please. giving it everything I got to protect the people behind this door against three mass civilians. Now, now listen, if you are masked and coming into a home at night, you do not mean to do the right thing. Correct. Okay. He means to do your family harm. Right. Exactly. Right. If you're coming in in the middle of the day and you know, you're know you hoping that nobody's home, yes, mistakes can happen. If you and your boys are rolling into a house with masks on in the middle of the night, you want something bad to happen, and those are guys you need to be prepared for so tony blower he'll be on the show in a couple weeks he's an awesome guy tony blower awesome looking him up right now okay mo do you have a social media follow the week i uh, sure do and who's that so it's on twitter okay and it is at endless jeopardy endless jeopardy okay one big word so, uh, I just my favorite somehow... my favorite Cinemax movie from the nineteen uh, eighties. Whoa! <laughs> procedurally generated clues every hour. Todd, I don't I don't want to uh, open a, a scar that's healing for you, but it sounds like that could be one of the Seinfeld movies. But go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, there is a ton of content here. Uh, like like Ming just said, it's it generates clues every hour. Uh, I just stumbled upon this uh, up in uh, on Twitter because one of the people that I follow uh, also follows Endless Jeopardy, and you know it, it's just like playing Jeopardy. You know, you just go on here and uh, and they actually respond to you if you if you guess. So there aren't that many people that respond to it. Like you get about sixty six or. You know, or 27, or you know, depending on the uh, the answer that they post. And how many you don't followers? Have a lot of people there. How many followers do they have, Mo? Quickly. I'm sorry. Mo, they, 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 have they have John 38.9 k. Okay, all right. So they're just yeah. coming up on 40 k. And and they have uh, about 39,000 uh, posts. And they have thirty-three thousand followers. What? Well, okay, that's a good that's a good post to follower ratio, which is a new yeah. ratio we're just introducing in this episode. <laughs> so they have a lot of content, and uh, you know, if you've played Jeopardy, uh, you know, you'll you'll like this. Amazing! Thank you so much. So and and you know, it's funny uh, as uh, as we we're in the uh, point blank podcast bunker, coming up with new bits and new sequences for future episodes. I have started preparing my uh, my obituary for Alex Trebek. Uh, you know, uh, who 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 you know is somebody that uh, for many of us that we grew up with. And, and I'm not going to get into it now, but I it's very possible that the next time we're on the air, I'll be delivering that obituary. So very timely, Mo. Very timely. Todd, your own social media follow of the week. 
Okay, uh, yeah, I'll give you a quick one. Uh, this is a bit of a non sequitur in the spirit of look at this Russian. Uh, which, which was, was great, by the way. It was that, the best, that, that was, that uh, best was, Instagram ever. Oh, my God. It keeps, it keeps on giving, I know. The, uh, so this one is also on Instagram. This is Kanye doing things. It's an account or a hashtag? It's a, an account. Okay. It it's is an account Instagram, indeed. Kanye doing things. 1.1 million followers. Oh, what? 1.1 million? 1. Well, I mean, look what you're talking about. Gigawatts. It is, it is basically just pictures of Kanye West doing things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he is at the Cheesecake Factory. It's, 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 pretty hit, it's pretty hit or miss, but every once in a while you get, you get something good in there. So there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> Walk into a Cheesecake Factory. Here's him. Uh, well, what's, that, what's that one right to the left of that? With like another large man with him there. Let's see here. Let's uh, DJ Khaled. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Sam, he's hugging DJ Khaled. Okay, easy. Got some Yeezys there. Nice. Nice. Oh, he's snow too. Mo, what did you just call him? <laughs> Here's him with Brian Johnson. <laughs> Mo, can you say what you just called that man again? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Khaled? Call DJ Khaled? <laughs> I think that's how most of us would read. No, it's DJ Khaled. <laughs> no, it's not. Wow. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> Arabic like me, so hey. D- oh, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. He's renounced it. He definitely does not claim his roots. I I like Mo's way better. Mo, you the man. Thank you. All right. Well, listen. That's Kanye doing things. Kanye doing yeah. things. He's pointing. He's <laughs> what is? This? He's what? in a virtual reality. Yeah, I was gonna say, what is that yeah, green one right there? Shooter. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh my god. It sort of looked like he's, he had acupuncture stuff in his head, too. I was like, wow. He's just weird. like one of us, you guys. <laughs> Wearing Yeezys. Oh. oh, my God. If you go three down from there, he's with Kim. Clothes like or? Like I said. Like I said. Mm, no, he's with Kim on, uh, on the beach. Those are some glasses. She got those from Arnold. Arnold gave those. <laughs> no, you go back up. She got them from him, from the VR thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <right. laughs> <sighs> Good one, Mike. Okay. Good one. Thank, thank All right. Well, you. listen. Thank you, Todd. Uh, uh, Ming, we're going to throw it to you. Do you have a social media? Uh, yeah, this is on Instagram. It is uh, Instagram.com slash Claremont Lounge. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is uh, one of the uh, one of me and Mike's favorite establishments it's in Atlanta, excellent. Georgia. Uh, it is the uh, Atlanta's oldest and best strip club. AKA, oh my God! It what? is the strip club where strippers go to die. Oh um, no! It's where strippers go to live. That's right. Man. Is that Dave Chappelle? Who is? Yeah. Atlanta's oldest and best. Is that how they describe their they women? Yes. Six, yeah, they're they the women, not mothers. <laughs> they're now, a strip club. Yeah, now, establishment. now, you know, gentlemen, just because uh, you're, you know, say 72 and you want to keep stripping and society says you can't, well, why should that? The Claremont Lounge why, says you can. Yeah, why should that let you stop you? That's ageist. That's racist, perhaps. That's whatever. I don't know if it's racist, man. And uh, this place welcomes, uh, you know, strippers of all shapes, sizes, and ages. Oh, my Grandmothers. God. There's a lady who goes by the name of Bo Peep. Uh, our, her name is Portia. Portia, yes. yes. Yeah. Portia likes to dress up like Bo <laughs> I, Peep. Uh, she does not wear underwear, and she's got those... 
um, the finger lights. The finger so lights. You can see because it's so dark in there. It's dark in there. It's dark down there too. So yes. Yeah. Did I? I never bought you a lap dance from her. Her place is dark. God, no, you haven't. Yeah. Um, However, so uh, I was just in Atlanta this past weekend, gentlemen. Um, I am not ashamed to say that I went three times in a row. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say I've been there so many times. They they let me in for free now. And uh, I had a great time. But not only that, gentlemen, for an hour, I sat next to and talked to Margot Robbie. And I didn't know it was her. That's impossible. I did not know it was her. She is in town shooting Suicide Squad 2. She's in most movies of any actress right now. How could you not realize she was was not wearing makeup or holding a bat that said goodnight on it? I didn't know it was her. Wow. I was having so much fun. I didn't even know it was her. So apparently she's been going in there a lot lately. uh, And uh, yeah. So, Apparently, I need to start a new Instagram handle, Ming Chen Doing Things. Right. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they do but not let you take pictures inside of the Claremont it's the Lounge. only rule in the Claremont. No cameras. Yeah, I don't think any strip club allows that. Wow. It's like no cameras. No, but especially uh, here because it'll uh, kill their I, business. I went to a place in Springfield, Missouri, who, who simply did not give a crap, my friend. So That's true. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yes, yeah, if you're in Atlanta, this is my Mike will back me up. It is This awesome. is a must visit. This yes. is uh this is the best place in the world. And uh, I had, you expect me to believe you? Yes, you do. And I had a great time. <laughs> he, he does. Exactly. And then the time before, uh, when I went a year ago, uh, I was having so much fun. Jack Black walked in. I never even noticed. So, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Jack though. Black. And oh yeah, Janice. a lot of, lot of celebrities go there. Todd, I, I'm actually going to throw this to you. I don't know if you remember this. I think we were about 15 years old, and we were at Scores uh, under the 59th Street Bridge. Um, no you, idea what you're talking about. Okay. okay right. Keep going. Uh, and, and we were with Tom Egan, and we had smuggled in a bottle of Rumble Mints. And do you yes. remember which— Which I had stolen from my job as a busboy at Miss Grimble's Miss Grimble's, of course. Queens. Do you remember which celebrity came in while we were there? Ooh, uh, I, I can't say that I do. No. Okay. P- perhaps. Perhaps. I was uh, I was too high on too high on rumple mints and and tassels. And I guess. Boobies. Uh, it, perhaps a future top three candidate uh, for his 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 movie Uvra, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme came in. What oh, blood sport? You got it, man. Let's talk. Yeah. Wow. Wait, you weren't there for the fight, were you? No, 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 not the Chuck no, Zito no, Jungle no, 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 fight. No, no, okay, no, no, maybe this is something that could have led up to that. Uh, but we, we had a kind of unique arrangement with the bouncers there, where they would they would actually. I mean, we were schoolboys, sure. right? They would let us come in. The guys like you guys can hang out until five. You know, then like all the Wall Street guys are going to come in, and mm-hmm. you got to get out of here by then because they actually pay for everything. Right. So, uh, but but you know they were pretty cool. You know, right. letting, but but then again, as Todd said, I don't know anything about that. You got time limit. You leave by five o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Mike. Speaking of being there for the fight, weren't we at another time when uh, was it Galata that came in? No, that, John? it was um, no the other. It was uh, what's his name? The boxer Arturo Gotti. Ar- Gotti, that's what I was that, trying to that, 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 that's, the yes. one who got killed, right? Close. Uh, well, he didn't get killed there. That's for sure. Now uh, you think Castellano? 
No, 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 no. Not, not, not the mobster, uh, John Gotti. This was the boxer, Arturo Gatti. Arturo, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Joe Gatto. Okay, from Impractical <laughs> Jokers. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no. All right. That's, that's a different cousin, I believe, of uh, of uh, aforementioned uh, Mike, Mike Bolano. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's right. So Joe, Joe Gatto. Yeah. Bring, yeah. He is. Bring yeah. it all. Bring it all full circle. Yeah. All right, Mike. Your social media follow of the week. I was gonna send you to the Bleeding Cool, but no. <laughs> Now uh, bleeding they cool. are dead to you. They, no, actually, I, I happen to like Rich uh, Rich Johnson. There's another guy, Johnston. Ian Johnston. I said Johnston. Oh, okay. Sorry, you Rich gotta, Johnston. You got to get that T in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where are we going, Mike? We are going to uh, Instagram. Okay. Joe Bob Briggs official. Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob Briggs official. He's uh, Joe Bob Briggs, the last drive. Are you a fan of drive in, Mike? The last I am a huge fan. Do you have of, Shudder? You've been watching? I have been watching uh, uh, Shudder. Yes, I have been. I, I have not I think that. We have Shudder? No, we do not have Shudder. I, I know your password, dude. <laughs> we have Shudder. We don't have Shudder. I have Shutter. no idea you That's had Shudder. All right. One. I'm going to grab it now. Sorry, buddy. But it's a different. It, this is my kid set it up, so it's not my password. Okay, so, continue. Bummer. But uh, I love Joe Bob Briggs. I love the fact that he is a huge fan of uh, driving movies. Sure. I'm also a huge fan of driving sure. movies. The the crummier the better, and uh, he brings them all out. And he's got. But they're just uh, not around anymore. I no, mean. they don't really. They do make them, but not. They make them intentionally bad, mm. which sucks. Yeah. I want the ones with heart, with earnestness. Like, The Room was such an earnest. It is a drive-in movie in the fact that it plays like uh, Macbeth. <laughs> Wow, with Tourette's. Okay, <laughs> so you're you're out there, but you brought it back. Wait, which, exactly. which 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 Ernest movie you're talking about? The one where he goes to jail? Oh, there yeah, are many Ernest movies. Like, I yeah. love all the Ernest movies out there too. Who are Ur these chicks that he's with? Uh, on the left? That is uh, Darcy, that game. the male girl. That is Darcy, the male girl, aka mm -hmm. Diana Prince. That's uh, Diana Prince. She's an adult, adult movie star. She's an adult oh. movie star. Uh, we're fans of hers. She's fans of ours. It's a mutual love. Wow, <laughs> I love that. Um, and on the right here is Felissa Rose, who was in, in the uh, horror movie Sleepaway Camp. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, both wonderful women. I'm sure she remains fully clothed you. throughout that movie. In Sleepaway Camp. Oh, she plays a teenager, so yeah, yeah. And she, she was, had, and she has a penis too. Yeah, so. she was, she was, um, she was replaced by Springsteen. What was her uh, in Sleepaway Camp Two? Was one of the Springsteen? Yeah, her his yeah. sister or something. I think it's like his little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great pick, so. Mike. Great pick. Thank you. All right, I'll give you my own, and we're gonna make it real quick. Uh, you know, guys, I'm into porn. This is beer porn. This is Instagram at sick s i c k underscore narlo n a r l o so uh i think with a little bit of soothing we can figure out his real identity this is nick sarlo and uh this guy is able to uh i don't know if it's trips to belgium or if he's got a hookup over there at connect he just gets the best beers not just from this country but from around the world uh it, it, it's it's a real like who's who list of uh breweries and beers uh, of course he gives you his feedback you see some of these photographs here 
Uh, really, really, really good stuff. Rare stuff. Hard to find. Yeah, stuff. I love that he drinks them though. But that's even more impressive. I mean, you, 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 you have to. I mean, so uh, and 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 the thing is, he's generating a lot of content, which may mean he has a drinking problem, right? Because he's getting through at least one or two of these posts every day. But um, this is a real, tar- you know. I've, I've looked, like, say right there, you know, I've looked this up, and you know, some of them, you know, you you get on the beer black market, they're two, three hundred dollars a bottle. Wow. So uh, I have to assume that he's got some sort of hookup. But uh, but it is very aspirational if you are into this sort of thing. So that's at sick underscore Narlo. Uh, a very brief, very brief social media aside um, on the Point Blank page. We uh, we did advertise uh, for the for the last few days that John was going to be here on the program, and uh, and John uh, was so kind to to provide uh, some imagery for us to use, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, where he's wearing an American flag romp him for uh, for I'm assuming that would have been for like Memorial Day or Fourth of July. That was Fourth of July. I did a huge barbecue at my house so, every year. So I said, guys, tune in, and the lovely Suzanne, the lovely Suzanne, turns in and says, oh, I think I most certainly. Who is this? So this is my wife. (laughs) I don't know if the pecs were popping through. Um, but uh, that is so funny. But uh, but but certainly uh, that would have been her social media pick of the week. Who told you you can fuck my wife? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little dick. That is so great. But uh, all right, guys, listen, we, we're we, we're gonna get. You look to, good, dude. You look good. We're gonna do. I appreciate that. Great, even. He, yeah, I, think I appreciate works, that. I think he works out. We're gonna get to mail call. Okay. Now, Ming, we had a very. Very special mail call this week. Is that something you're going to be able to access for us? Oh, did you send me something? Uh, so, uh, so that's going to be in our group chat. Okay, so on our group text, on our group text, uh, you're going to have that. So while you do that, I'll read some mail call uh, that we got the traditional way by email. Uh, something to keep in mind, guys, if you want to be featured on our mail call, all you have to do is send an email to point blank at rossbrewing.com. Point blank at rossbrewing.com. Uh, we got a couple of mail calls this past week. One was referencing our guest, uh, Gio Setti. One was referencing the absent Mike Zapsik. So Uh-oh. first so first we're going to read this one. Is one from bleedingcool.com? <laughs> no, 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 no. Neither are from bleedingcool.com. This one's from Jerry Rizzo. It says, Geo has mentioned that he has seen a Star is Born remake over 62 times. <laughs> How many times has he seen the movie version of Springsteen on Broadway and or Blinded by the Light, the Springsteen soundtrack movie. Do they equal or surpass the 62 times he's seen the Gaga movie? Now, Gio, I don't know if you're still with us online. I can look here, and maybe you can answer in real time. Uh, Absent that happening, I'm going to go ahead and tell... Jerry Rizzo, no chance. Uh, George, who uh, who for for decades, decades espoused all of Bruce's uh, values and was maybe one of his number one fans. Uh, he gave him up uh, like, like 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 I can't even think of an analogy of how much he gave him up because once he became a uh, Gugu for Gaga, that's his one <laughs> musical star there. Uh, but that said. That's not the only person that George forsake forsook uh, for, uh, for for Gaga. Uh, we were talking here in this episode last week, and 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 one of the I think it might have been Damon maybe Batinelli. I could be wrong. Somebody oh no, it was Ralph Jarletta wrote in and said, George, gun to your head, you can only keep one fandom, Gaga or the Rams. 
and uh, and 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 keep in mind, he has a Rams tattoo. George does. Yeah. And George said he's going to keep Gaga. So he said, are you going to replace that that Rams tattoo with a Gaga tattoo? I mean, honestly, just kill yourself, please. So so I'll tell you, you know who was watching was our good friend and former Point Blank guest, Isaac Bruce of the Rams. And Isaac had a little bit of something to say here wow. for, for George. Go go ahead. Uh, and, and this is a, a soon-to-be Hall of Fame wide receiver. Go ahead. Yo, Gio. What's up, man? Isaac Bruce here. I hear you, uh, you know, you're having a tattoo issue, man. And that you are uh, currently, or recently, uh, called to the carpet on your tattoos. I mean, I'm cool with tattoos. It's all right with them. I wouldn't do them personally, but uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Choosing Lady Gaga over one of your Ram tattoos. Just don't mix, bro. Um, it's almost like choosing, like, let's see, one of these pop artists over Eric Dickinson. It's exactly like Just that, Isaac. Don't do it, man. I mean, if you're going to be a Ram fan, which I'm sure you are. I mean, you make the road trips. I see you, you got the newsletters and all the whole shebang. So you're a Ram for life, part of the mob squad. Listen, man, appreciate your faithfulness. Your buddies wanted me to give you a little crap about the tattoo choice. Hopefully <laughs> I completed that task. And uh, I was feeling a little down, you know, because we took one on the chin to the 49ers. Man. But I got some good news, man. We got us a brand new cornerback who I, who I have a lot of respect for. I think he's going to help us. So, uh... I'm going to be in Atlanta this weekend at the game, man, cheering on the Rams. Uh, Probably be at the Claremont Lounge, too. Gonna show up, but <laughs> I'm going to represent for us. And uh, <laughs> cover up Lady Gaga, all right? <laughs> all right, man, have a good one. No, actually, Mike, I'm glad you went there. That was great. Is, is there a great chance that, great. that this past weekend, Ming, were you next to Isaac Bruce? I could have been. Away. And he didn't even know. Didn't even Listen, this <laughs> truly is a place where you're having so much fun that, you know, I, anyone could be next to you. Literally anyone. Margot Robbie, okay. Isaac Bruce, Jack Black. It, it's all you're not it's you're all so possible. Fun, you don't even notice. Well, Gio, I, I hope you, uh, you, you took that very special mail call to heart. Uh, listen, we're going to go around the room. We're going to do parting shots, guys. Parting shots. It's your last chance to get something off your chest. Is it a rant? It's something you want to promote? Just something you want to talk about? Any topic. Nothing's off limits. We're going to start with our guest, John McCarthy of the Postmodern Patriot. John, your parting shot. Wow. Uh, you know what? I recorded an episode with Polano last week. Okay. And we didn't do justice to discussing whether or not esports were like the new thing in high school. Mm -hmm. And I want people to start to read into this because I don't know how I feel about this yet. And I wonder what it's going to do to our society. And I think part of me thinks there's going to be a lot of great benefits. And the other part wonders if uh, we're doing our children a disservice by making this a big deal. So... I don't know. That's my rant. That's that's the only thing I can hit. Yeah. Well, listen, Todd. I don't know if you're still with us or not. Todd, uh, in his advertising career, has uh, has you know sponsored esports teams, Overwatch teams, yeah. over and, and big. There's big money in this. You can job. get scholarships to college now for esports. This yeah. is blowing my mind. I don't know how I feel about it. 
There was a big segment I watched this past week. I'm not sure if it was on either Real Sports with Brian Gumbel or the new Axios News uh, uh, show that is on HBO replacing the Vice show that they canceled. So I watched both on the same day, and, and one of the two of them had a segment. And, uh, and the president of this huge esports company, she's a three-time Olympian uh, a female hockey player. Yeah. And, and she's like, listen – Nobody needed more convincing than me. She's like, but now I believe. She goes, these guys eat, sleep, train. Eat, sleep, train. That's it. She goes, they're almost, she goes, I would say, more dedicated than any athletes I've ever seen. That's amazing. I know. It's nuts. All right. Well, listen, we'll tune into that one. That's yeah, the episode yeah. with Polano, right? 29, yeah. Polano yep. and Patriot Part 2, which that we stole that branding from Ming. He nailed that. Oh, sure. Hey, yeah. hey, Patriot and Polano. The yes. great, great branding. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Hey, great branding. Uh, Mikasa Sukasa. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mo, your parting shot, my friend. All right, I got uh, three quick things. And by the way, can, and, 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 yeah. let's make it four quick things because you can also use this to give us your coolest thing of the week as well. But go ahead. I'll save that. I'll save that for next week. Okay, go ahead. Um, John, it was a pleasure uh, podcasting with you and, you and meeting you. You too, Mo. Oh, you mean this, Sean. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. I appreciate that. It was a pleasure being on here with you too. Cool. And uh, second thing is, uh, oh. Nick's partnered up. Whoa, and, uh, that's cool. Netflix, the uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And what we have here is 33 different colors for eyeshadow. Mike, you're a big fan well of that program. Is that a palette you'd be interested in? Some lipstick. Uh, since I don't wear those particular hues, oh, okay, okay. I'm more of a I'm more of an autumn <laughs> than that. So oh, I understand. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. No, it's a it's a big big deal. It'll be at uh, Ulta, and very limited quantities there. Good for the you. Last Mal. thing is, uh, over the weekend I saw Zombie Land Double Tap, and I laughed my my butt off. And uh, you know, Language. just look out for just out. <laughs> Look out for Luke Wilson. I'm sorry, I'm still in the office. Uh, look out for uh, Luke Wilson uh, because it just picks up there and it keeps going. It's just as long as it's not Owen Wilson. <laughs> I mean, the first zombie head was absolutely hysterical. It's been, I think, what? This like is better. Ten this years? Better. Oh, it is. No. Okay. Yeah. That's a yeah, bold totally. claim, man, because this one's going to have exactly 100 percent less Bill Murray. We know that. So. Uh, oh. oh. Ah, okay, all right, all right, all right. Very good, very good parting shot, Mo, uh, in three parts. Todd, your parting shot. Uh, I just you talked about esports a second ago. I'll take it to real sports. Give a shout out to my daughter Natalie. This was uh, she's my oldest of four. She's nine years old. I almost missed my flight on the way out here because I was at one of her uh, soccer matches. And uh, real quick, she was playing against the uh, a team that is ranked like way higher than her team. She tried out for that team and didn't make it. Yikes! So our team was expecting to get blown out, and it was a tight one, super close, battled it out, zero zero at halftime. In the second half, which is when our girls usually run out of gas, my daughter got hit in the elbow really hard and was near tears, had to come out of the game for a little bit and uh, got some ice, comes back in the game. And right after she did, strips this girl, takes off down the field, blasts it in for the goal, What goes up one nothing. Yes. They had an animal on the other team who was like 10 times faster and better than everyone else on the field. So she... She ripped around and ended up scoring an equalizer. We ended up 1-1, but it was it, I was ecstatic. She did a fantastic job. All the girls fought hard against a team that was clearly at a different class. So, uh, yeah, there you go. And that's great. And she's watching right now, and she's so happy you brought that up. 
Absolutely. She's, That's an amazing uh, story. From home. I love hearing that. That's so, the type of thing I like to hear about. Now, you listen, you said it was 1-1, but given the relative uh, uh, disparity, the power rankings, that's that's like a win that's for a, sure. It's a big win. Yeah, no, they were super excited. Everyone, I was really proud of them. They all fought hard. So it was good. Yeah, it was a good one. And uh, I, I was I raced to the airport as soon as the game was over. I said goodbye to her, gave her a big kiss and and, and uh, took off. I said that one was worth, it was worth missing the flight if I did. So Oh, that's great. Yeah. Just like Chick-fil-A. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ming, Ming Chen, your parting shot. Uh, if you want to have as much fun as uh, we did tonight, come to a shared universe. You can record here any time, any day, any hour, ashareduniverse.com. Uh, start your own point blank, Ooh. even. You could do that. And uh, yeah, uh, if we're around me and my yeah, Why easy, would easy. you want to? Why would you want to? Yeah, once if, you're, if, if you're around, uh, you know. Because we, we charge uh, by the hour, folks. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you'd want to. Yeah, if you're lucky, maybe me and Mike will even jump in with you for free. Uh, also, this weekend, I'll be in Wichita Falls, Texas. Oh. Uh, it's right on the border of Texas and Oklahoma. I've never been there before. Have you ever seen the Nicolas Cage movie about Wichita Falls? No, which one? It's called uh, Wichita Falls. I think it's called Wichita. Is it Falls. really? Oh, I, I got. I'm watching it tonight. Yeah, and there's a creepy ass poem that they say throughout the old. Holy never crap, I have No idea. Yeah. Okay, I'm going there tonight. You got to do your homework before you get there. Yeah, my friend. yeah. Well, that's part you. of it. Yeah. Uh, is the, all I know is the home of the World uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, there are in fact falls, but they're man-made. And, he's already uh, researched five uh, old people. Uh, strip clubs that he's going to hit while he's there. Jeez, that, that was next. That was but, but, next. But I miss, what are you going to be there for? I'll be there for the Wichita Falls Comic Expo, WFCExpo.com. Obviously. And uh, yeah, it'll be fine. I've never been there. I'm excited to go. Hey, listen, have a blast, brother. Thank you. Mike, your parting shot. My parting shot tomorrow night. Um, and yeah, come come to uh, Shared Universe. But uh, getting on the Polano train, uh, tomorrow night I am going to be podcasting with uh, Ming Yu around. With Ernie O'Donnell. Okay. If you're not around, I'm doing Ming and Mike with Ernie O'Donnell. I will be around. With Ming. All right, good deal. And um, we're starting, uh, Mike and I are starting a new podcast called Bathtub Gin. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Wow. And and what's the conceit there? The conceit is uh, we both pull a couple of... Boners. No, we both pull a couple of uh, videos and we dissect them, and it's it's going to be hilarity will ensue. Hilarity ensues. Bathtub gin. Okay, Thank you, Todd. Nice. You're, Bathtub Todd, gin. you understand. <laughs> awesome. Gotcha. All right. Look forward to that. Uh, here's my parting shot, and it's something we teased the uh, uh, last couple episodes. So, this, this earlier this week, the Ross Brewing team journeyed up the parkway to Edison, New Jersey. And and by the way, that's an opportunity for you to illustrate your new sticker there. We journeyed up the uh up the parkway here to uh to Cypress Brewing in Edison, New Jersey, where we brewed our first ever commercial batch on the big equipment. Um, and that was our Navisync IPA, our flagship IPA, 7.8% IPA. We use eight varieties of hops. And fermented over ruby red grapefruits. Uh, that will be ready in about a month. Shortly thereafter, maybe about a week later, is our co-flagship, our Shrewsbury Lager, our 5.2% amber lager, crisp, clean, refreshing. Those are the very first two beers ever that Ross Brewing is now manufacturing commercially. It's been... I mean, it feels like it's been 10 years. I don't know how many years it's been, but it's definitely been a process to get to this point. And, and it's at once a finish line and the starting point because 
we've been trying to, you know, dealing with the government and the licensing and the investors and all this other stuff and the recipes and the trademarks and, and blah, 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 and getting to this point where we can actually launch. So now we're going to be launching Ross Brewing Global Launch Party, New York City, Thursday, December 5th. Uh, I believe I can say that uh, yes. Mike and Ming are both going to be present. Uh, they're going to be part of our our, our, our our cadre of celebrity beer tenders. And uh, we're going to be having, it was originally going to be six. Now I just found out today from my intrepid brewers, we're going to have eight different Ross Brewing brews on wow. tap. Uh, we're going to have a, a number of celebrity guests. We're going to have live music entertainment. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have an MC. It's going to be a really, really great time. And, uh, and Is it Hammer? Uh, I can't mention who Damn it is. It. I can't mention who it is. And what was uh, the date of that? Thursday, December fifth. Thursday, December fifth. It's actually uh, Scat Cat. <laughs> I'll take it, Paul Abdul, and uh, and so yeah, man, this is real. This is happening. Uh, you guys have been w- with us on this journey the last couple of years. I can tell you, it's phase one of our three phase launch plan. Uh, we're going to be launching that up in New York, and then there's going to be a couple of New Jersey announcements right after that. So we'll save that for a future episode of Point Blank. But that is what I wanted to use as my parting shot, John. Actually, for 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 coming on tonight, we're going to gift you with this. Oh, that's awesome. very lovely rock. Yeah, this is one, of the, excellent one of the best hats it says, ever. It says legacy on it, too. Stylish. Iconic. And then we all want to leave one. Yeah. He's passing the legacy on to you. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of this. course. Yeah. John, we want to thank you for coming on, for sharing your insights with us, some of your viewpoints, your philosophy that's driving you. Thank you as well for your service. <laughs> Thanks for the support. Um, um, you know, we're all rooting for you. We, we, we're looking forward. We, you know, you made a lot of new fans in this past week, past two weeks, and, uh, and, and we're all going to be watching watching and listening to that podcast, I should say, reading the blog. So thanks for coming on. Mike Ming, thanks for playing host. Mo, thanks for uh, for doing double duty, L'Oreal work and point blank work. Todd, thanks for not getting thrown off the plane. Thanks for making the flight, and thanks for joining us here. Uh, and to you, all the point blank fans, viewers, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>